Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy Ann Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. Chomping. No, okay. but even if I could hear you chomping, it's ambiance. It's you're a trying person. to be a lady. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be like, uh, welcome back. Leave that to, in. Uh, I am going to leave that <laughs> in too. Chat your own. Oh, we're totally leaving it in. Uh, I am Candy. I'm here with Noodle. Hey, Noodle. Hey, Candy. How you doing? I'm good. And yourself? Mm. <laughs> All right. Markedly better than oh. last month. Well, that's good. Um, Still not feeling great. And we are here with a guest uh, this month. We have guest, writer, horror junkie, and all-around happy-as-fuck guy. Oh, my That's God. Josh. <laughs> Josh is here. No one has ever described me in that manner. I, I kind of feel like he deserved that. Like, you deserve that, though, based right? on the way you and roll you everyone smiled. into your podcast. Well, yes, that yeah. is the issue. It, yeah. I, I smile in all things. Jennifer, so my wife was your guest last week. Yes. And she was great. Um, or last time. And uh, But she always says, you know, you, the one thing you have to learn about Josh is uh, you have to be able to read his smiles because th- he is always smiling. Uh, that does not yeah. always mean he is happy. Well, I feel uh, like that was a genuine smile. Like, that, that, that looked genuine. That like, looked it was, like, a slightly it, embarrassed but, like, cheery about it well, smile. Well, it, was, very, it yeah. was a very funny joke. It was yeah. a very sweet comment. And so uh, I've, I smiled at the comment. So <laughs> it, it's interesting to have a boy on the show it when we are such an aggressively feminist podcast. Yes. Well, so. You could not have picked... A less masculine boy. Oh, that's not true. Well, that is not true. Do we want to talk about my favorite Sondheim musicals? Because it is Company's original cast. Um, Uh, (laughs) I I will talk about that kind of crap. Uh, I I, I think that is that is a very separate episode, but we should do it some point in musicals episode. My favorite member of the new Queer Eye cast because it is Anthony. Is he the one who's going to open a restaurant? He is. uh, His kerchief thing. I got to talk to him about. But (laughs) Anthony is the best one. He wears a lot of piped jackets. Uh, he's way into the MC5. We'd be so tight. <laughs> We'd be best friends. <laughs> so that's Josh in a nutshell. That's Josh pretty in a much. Nutshell. Thanks yep. for joining us, Josh. Yeah. You know, Thank uh, you guys. Josh is pretty podcast famous himself. He's got a couple. He is uh, most notably a Gleeful podcast, which was a big friggin' deal, right? Um, it was always number one on whatever lists there were. <laughs> Where the number one things are, right. we were the right. internet's number one Glee podcast, possibly self. That's saying something because I feel uh, like there was a lot of Glee podcasts out there. There were, yeah. I mean, there it was were. a conversation that was co- constantly happening. So we talked deal. a lot about Glee. Uh, we talked about American Idol for a couple years before that. Uh, and then you had the great music one. And then we had the beatdown, beat yes, where we talked about music, where you both were guests. The beatdown you can still find. I don't know that you can find the other ones anymore. I don't know why you'd want to. Like, I mean, be all like, let's go rewatch Glee in 2018. Well, you could well, rewatch you it and then listen to the podcast with it and like right. interact mm. with it that way. I mean, there's a couple of podcasts of people rewatching and talking about stuff. Yeah, a, a Glee rewatch would be interesting with 2018 eyes mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. to really. Yeah. Would it I be mean, problematic at times? Uh, it would be. In, it would be problematic in very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to go down. I have deep thoughts on Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, again, that's an, listen, we need to start booking these. We need, yeah. Someone needs to pencil these in. 
to our. Oh, I wish I had like a blotter. Um, okay, so this did you month, just say a blotter? I did. Like one of those old calendar desktops. I did. With like the tear off pages. Yes. I love it, and it all like tucks in the corner, and uh-huh. it's got those little straps. Oh, yeah. Yes. My mom used to have one. She probably still does. Sure. And I would sit at her desk and do it all. Uh huh. Most candid thing that has ever been said. I don't my, even know. My mom used to have a bladder and I used to sit at her <laughs> desk and doodle. Yeah. I, I wish I had a bladder in the middle of this conversation. Exactly, because you <laughs> want to write that shit down. You need a giant piece of paper sometimes. Just one big ass piece of 1950s paper. 1950s executives and their blotter and their like desk set and, and the very specific leather edging. The ledger, leather edging. That's a big it's, it's pleather. It was pleather. It was, yeah. I don't think people were really putting out too much money because the whole thing was about looking fancy. Right. And, like you, and then like you had you, the pen. Um, running out the million. pen. You had the yep. pen and the little thing that went back and forth yep. and you had a pencil and you had a little calculator with mm-hmm. a clock in it usually and the thing with the pen. Yeah. Yeah. Offices. Um, <laughs> this month, <laughs> we are not talking about offices because a couple of us will be very unhappy about <laughs> talking about that so instead we are talking about other things kind of how everything you love is problematic which i think is going to be um extra fun in this especially sigh inducing moment in time both in the world and in america in general but i think it's important to be realistic about the things that you like to just to, to acknowledge nuances and many sides of things and and be be aware and you know i'm not to overuse the phrase, but to be woke about the things that you're choosing to consume and make balanced judgments about them. What are, what things do you love but are willing to give up because they're a problem? Or what things do you love and that love outweighs the problem? The fact that they're a problem, right. It just depends on what the problem is. Yeah, I had actually, I had thrown this out to Candace because uh, I listened to this uh, podcast called Pop Rocket, which is hosted by Guy Branham, who's a phenomenal comedian. And they did an episode they called Problematic Faves, which was your favorite things that are problematic. And I had thrown it out as kind of that, but then you had reinterpreted it a little bit as everything is problematic, is the way you sent it, that over. Because it right. turns out it everything is problematic. Well, the interesting thing about everything is problematic is that you're right. Like, if you scratch the surface on anything, you will eventually connect it to some place that it doesn't end up all that kosher. Some of it are deeper scratches than others. It's sometimes right. you have to work right. a little harder than others, but it's also... There's that argument that like if everything is problematic, is anything like do we right. should we stop caring? Sure. If everything sure. is problematic, then how do you how do you call the foul? And what is what is problematic enough to tip you over? Hmm. So yeah. so it's a conversation. It's yeah. not a point at this and say these are the things right. we crossed off the list. I don't think it's, it can it's not be. A stri- it's I not a straight boycott. No, universally. I think everything is too. Is too gray. Mm-hmm. I think everything has too many layers. And there are things oh, that mo- most things have too many. Layers. Right. <laughs> some things are like, yeah, nope, that's problematic. Not interesting. And there are yeah, some like things the that like movies. the things oh, that you're come on, Josh. that are <laughs> so the good that it. they're doing <laughs> might be better than the bad that they're doing. That's definitely it. right. A situation right. that happens. Well, that's interesting. I mean, but one thing. Well, and as we go through these lists we've assembled, I know a lot of them are things that are. Uh, that you just have to force yourself to acknowledge the prag- problematic nature of it. Should we also define what how, the the term problematic? Well, that's what I was. I'm going to ask, and maybe this will uh, define it for us. Um, I want to know, just like a couple of minutes, each person. What uh, your thoughts are on the fact that we know so much now, and is that what makes everything problematic? Transparency is mandatory nowadays, even if you don't want to. Be all these like walls that have been hiding 
gross crap for all of time <laughs> up until now are coming down. You can't stop it. No yeah. one can be shady in the dark because we're all shining a light on you. Everywhere you go, there's a light, there's a the, camera. The 24-hour so news cycle. So it's impossible not to know these things. Yeah. So now we know this stuff is problematic. And is the, is the mandatory transparency the problem? Do we want to know this? Do we need to know this? Do we have to go through this awakening moment and realize everything we love fucking sucks? I, I think you have to know. Um, for choosing what to consume and where to spend your money, I think it's important to know and make the decisions that this is a bigger idea, a bigger change, a bigger cultural impact on the good side than it is on the bad side, rather than just saying, oh, yeah, no, this is great. I mean, Charles. I'm, I'm going to talk about Charlie Rose, which is not on my list anywhere. But, like, Charlie Rose did a lot of really, really good things for, intell- for like, nerdy intellectuals and exposure to, to deep things. But his, his, like, wild abuses of women were bigger than the things that he were doing that was good. And that's important to know mm. and say, okay, I'm out. This, this is not good enough. And if you don't know that Charlie Rose is doing those things, you continue to feed in the money, and he continues to abuse women. And that's a problem, even though lots of people love Charlie Rose for a long time. It's a problem. There's a, the conversation is what I'm interested in, like the conversation about Charlie Rose. The, the, when I was a kid, my mother got a Catholic newspaper, and in the Catholic newspaper, it would list all the movies that came out that week and which movies you were allowed to watch and which ones. What you was that? Called? That was called something. Um, um, I'm try- as I'm telling the like story, forbidden list or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Elaine Mahoney would know the answer to that question. Oh, Elaine shout Mahoney, out, Elaine when Mahoney. you are listening to this podcast, because I know you do, <laughs> shout please. It uh, message us and tell us what the name of that list is. We'll hear it back in time. Uh, but that, like, I don't, I, I struggle with that aspect of it. I struggle with the kind of, like, we as a society have decided you're off the table. Not that that's wrong. Like, there are some things I think that we just, as a society, need to go, like, you know what? No. Like, we're, we're taking that one off the list. But... Um, when it when it was passed down by like whoever was writing this particular newspaper, like Father was it the Pope Johnson or whatever? Yeah, it, was it wasn't the Pope, the Pope. It was just some guy in his office. Pope Times, possibly. Pope Times, yeah. <laughs> best best newspaper ever. They had the mm-hmm. best Goofus and Gala cartoons. But yeah. I also feel like <laughs> the rigidity—that's how you pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. Yes, the rigidity of Catholicism is not necessarily the structure that we would judge things by. Oh, that, it, that's for sure. Even, not even necessarily the, the, the values align, but the black and white nature of Catholicism. This is oh, in yeah. and this is this, out. Yeah. I don't know that, that that really applies to most of the world. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Goofus I mean, and Gallon it applies to, but like everything else. <laughs> right. Not, maybe not as much. You know, <laughs> I gotta tell you, Goofus had his moments. <laughs> Can you, how many people do you think you know, based on how the number of people we actually think are listening. Hey, guys. Um, what uh, percentage do you think knows what you guys are talking about? Knows what, oh, what I you, think Goofus yeah? and Gallant were, were well right? referenced for a very long yeah. time. Don't be a Goofus, be a Gallant. Oh, see, I've never heard that. I mean, I know what it is, but I've mm-hmm. never, I've, no one's ever... I would be straight up honest. That, like, it was just a random mental association I pulled out. But now, but now, but it's a now thing. I'm trying to remember. Like, did I ever actually like? Was that Highlights magazine or Boys Life or this Catholic newspaper? I don't. I, I don't think child? it matters. I mean, I can tell it you, it has to be Highlights, or I wouldn't know what right. it is. Oh, okay. I mean, then it must have been Highlights. I think, yeah. I, I think it had a very big moment in in the 
the zeitgeist because I'm Dang, all in on really? it. Ooh, this is. I would love to hear what people if people actually. <laughs> okay, that's that's okay, question look, I spent number two. Majority of my right, right now it's now it. you know what? Nothing. Question number two for the listening audience is: Message us if you've heard of Goofus and Gallant. There, there it is. Go. Yeah, and then I also would like to know if you spent a large portion of your childhood in doctor's offices. As is that why? Because they always have highlights. I, I did, did not actually. Oh no. No, right. Oh. My parents did not take me to the doctor due to. Oh, that's right. The fact that doctors are terrifying. <laughs> and my mother, as a nurse, was mostly like, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. And my dad, as an athlete, was like, rub some dirt on it. So, yeah, I really don't go to the doctor much. <laughs> Rolling down hills, <laughs> bouncing <laughs> off walls. I'm quite fine. healthy, by the way. It, yeah, and everything Just is fine. Bounce. Or if there is something wrong, nobody's discovered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we agree, though, that we all think that the transparency is necessary. I don't, I'm not happy that I know what I know in a lot of senses, but I, I'm happier knowing it. Necessary is an interesting word. I would say transparency is a good thing. It is a good to thing. To say it's necessary kind of introduces this, like, because people will be like, well, why do I need this? Like, I don't know. There's some, there's like, that's an that. interesting yeah. word. I do yeah. think it's a good thing. I think it's the right thing. I'll right. use that word. Uh, and I and I think it's really positive for for society. Quite frankly, I think it's positive right. for people to understand the context of things and that it doesn't get created in a vacuum. Right. Um, and I think we're, we've talked about self awareness a little bit and how that's. I mean, personally, that's like my life goal is always to be as self aware as possible to know what I'm doing and putting out into the world. And I think that's really important in general for humanity to move forward to like not turn their heads away from something instead this is reality i mean right. you don't have to like it you don't have to practice it you don't have to whatever but you should probably know about it um and the idea of not wanting to know i feel like is just maybe why we are where we are so <laughs> we are gonna uh we're gonna first nice throwaway line why uh, we are I, have, I was listening to your show today and i'm curious because i know you guys as well as i do like because there are so many subtweets in your show <laughs> like there's always like what you're saying what you're not saying and then what you're referencing that we talked about four days ago at the bar right that does and happen a lot i wonder really like does. if the complete experience of the chat room podcast is really only enjoyed by like team tiny ferrari you know what my Maybe. mom thinks it's great. Your mom you loves it. Your mom really, well, straight really up does on love that. it. And Sup I, Teresa. totally. I, uh, I had a friend posted a picture recently on the Instagram that was Ruby, who was just this super badass little chick who was in her Captain America outfit, and I think she also had Thor's hammer. There were a bunch of Star Wars toys in the background. It was right around, I think, when we were having the conversation about um, Star Wars and the fandom and the toxic male and racist crap that was going on so it was like the perfect time for it and I, I messaged with my friend Natalie uh evil tentress check her out we'll we'll send another shout out what um and she I didn't even realize she was listening and she's like no seriously yes you can repost a picture of my child which was great <laughs> um I asked before doing it that's the right choice uh, and she said you know we we love what you guys are doing keep it up so it was, Woo! It was nice somebody's got, listening what up? Yeah. yeah I mean we got we got hometown homies yeah at least, I right? feel like I feel like people like our pictures I, I, I assume they're listening. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be listening? Right? Uh, okay, so before we, we're going to do a little roundtable. We're going to try to keep each of our topics at five minutes. We'll set an alarm and hope for the best. Uh, but before we start, we are going to kick it off with the usual what you read, Noodle. So I know that last episode I talked about a book that I didn't like and I, I felt real shitty about it because um, that's not really ever what I do. I read enough books a month that I should be able to find two books that I like. 
Uh, so I've got two books that I do like, again. Um, and weirdly enough, this time they're both nonfiction, which is never my jam. I, I am a very serious fiction reader, but I have been trying to branch out, um, realistically, away from just reading white men. Uh, of course, one of the books is by a white man, but we'll, we'll get to that. They're, they're like roaches. Oh, they're everywhere. Nothing personal. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic. Right? Shit, <laughs> so uh, the first book is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. So I'm like three months late on this, but this book was amazing. It, I read it in like 24 hours. It scared the crap out of me. Uh, I never read true crime because I'm a big baby. But she has this really, like, beautiful voice, and it's very natural, and I feel like she's talking to me, and she's my friend. And I was so sad about the fact that she died. And it, it I, I might have tweeted at Patton Oswalt to be like, hey, thanks for sharing your, uh, your deceased wife's story with us, uh, which he didn't respond to. But, like, I'm sure everybody sent him that same tweet. It wasn't creative. But it really, uh, it scared the shit out of me. Like, I locked, I was, I was home alone. My husband was away camping. And I'm in the house, and it's nighttime. And I was like, dude, you have made a mistake. Let's, let's just, like, lock the doors and windows just in case. So I do. I get up, and I lock. And I know that this guy has been captured. Like, I know he's not there anymore. But it still really, really bothered me. Um, and it's not even that it was so graphic. It just felt like the conversation that somebody is telling you a story or something that happened to, to them. And you're like, what? And then what happened? So it really, it, uh, it scared the crap out of me. I'm kind of surprised that you read it. I at home alone, like so. At night. So was I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When uh, Jen gave it to me, and I was yes. kind of like, "Yeah, oh, it's get my there. copy. You're yeah. all sharing." <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that I pre-ordered. Uh, I folded it a little. Pages, it's fun. Um, so I'm laying in bed, and I'm almost at the end, and my apartment or condo is right over the garage that people use to come in and out of the building, and somebody came home and slammed the door really loud. And I probably jumped like a foot off the bed. <laughs> and I was texting Jen. And she was like, do you need me to come and get you? And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. But maybe a little bit. So I loved it. I thought it was really, really engaging. Um, I was looking for the clues in the book to see if she, like, named the guy. And I was really sad that she didn't. But, like, you could see that the seeds are there. That she has, like, mm. the germ of an idea of how yeah. it could get there. There's, like, one throwaway line that she's, like, 23 and me, question mark. And I'm, like, come on! But, you know, <laughs> other things happen. But I loved it. I, it really it moved me. Uh, it doesn't make me want to read other true crime because, frankly, it, I don't want to be scared all the time. But I really, really enjoyed it. It's not, most true crime is not that, the prose is not as strong. Mm -hmm. Her prose is really one of a kind right, in that book. Um, that is the great loss of that book. Uh, she was nowhere in the ballpark of finding him, which is fascinating, other than the 23andMe mm -hmm. thing that, that would have worked possibly. Like, their research was nowhere in the neighborhood of finding him, all the people Couldn't involved. Couldn't just let her have it, could you? Uh, well, no, so <laughs> I, I pre-ordered that book. I've been a fan of hers for years. I was a fan of hers before I knew she was married to Patton Oswalt. And then I was like, oh, this is adorable. Yeah. Oh, how um, cute is they this? They seem yeah. to have a really yeah. active working marriage. They had a very interesting marriage. I mean, if you imagine, like, she tells stories in that book mm -hmm. of being like, and then I went into a hotel room <laughs> and read for four days. She's very honest about who she is. Yeah. And he, and I'm just kind of like, what a 
interesting relationship that must have been. Interesting. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, obviously it worked for them, mm-hmm. and I always found her the more interesting of the two of them. And so when she died, we were at the district pub. I think we were together. Because I right. was at the district pub, and I read it on my phone, and I was like, I need a moment. Patton Oswalt's wife just died. And Brian goes, Patton Oswalt died? And I was like, oh, no, yeah. Michelle and the McNamara just... I was like, this is a big deal to me. Uh, no one else knew who she was. <laughs> was I there? I'm a little sad. Yeah, I don't know I, that you were there. I don't there. know. That seems like bullshit. It was a weird. It was a weird it's district. Okay. But anyway, yes, uh, it's a Make phenomenal book. Uh, it is incredibly well written. I read it before they caught him, so it was really fascinating to read it in that context. Right. right so yeah. it's even scarier for you. It was well. Also, uh, he three of the killings were in my hometown, so I had a lot of connections <laughs> to the to Iran's the Golden State Killer. That's uh, that's awful. Yeah, good The second book that I'm putting on my list is Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance, who is a white man. Um, And again, I'm super late on this book. I'm like a year late on this book. And I have been recommending it to people for a year as though I had read it. And I kept being like, (laughs) anyone who said to me, Noodle, I'm really like freaked out about politics. Like, what would you recommend to give me some perspective? I've been recommending this book, having not read it. Dan Lai, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But I finally read it. And I really, really enjoyed the writing. I really enjoyed the story. I think the characters are well thought out, defined, identifiable. Uh, It seemed very similar to me to A Coal Miner's Daughter by Loretta Lynn, which I love, even though I've never listened to any of her music at all. Oh, she's so good. Yep, that's a whole other story, my Loretta Lynn non-phase. But... If I had read this book six months ago, I think I would have felt a lot more sympathetic towards these people, but I have a really hard time right now feeling any sympathy to a collection of people, and I'm generalizing here, and I'm not sorry that I'm doing this, because he generalizes as well in the story, a collection of people who are essentially clamoring for the little brown babies to be locked in the cages. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Like you make your stupid fucking choices and do your drugs and continue to vote for somebody that's bad for you and that's your own fucking fault, guy. You want to be in poverty because you continue to actively vote against your own self-interest? You're a dick, and I'm, I don't care. Uh, I might have cared more about it six months ago. <laughs> but that being said, like I enjoyed the book. It was good. I would recommend it. <sighs> Try and read it when you're in a better frame of mind and not like up all night crying. This is not the first book that you've recommended. I was like, I can't. Like yes. says, I don't have yeah. the mental capacity any longer. My emotions it was are hard. torn to it was shreds. A hard read. I can't, I now, can't do it. Hillbilly, because it's on my shelf, um, and I've been putting it off for exactly that reason, because I bought it uh, before the election, and I, or right around the election. Yeah, I think it came out like within two months. Yeah, afterwards. it was right around yeah. that time, and people were like, look, you know, we have to understand this mentality, and I was like, I'm, yes, okay, like, let's roll. Um, I can tell you the books I've been reading it, so mm-hmm. that's where my brain is at these days. Uh, but um, the, the, what's been keeping me away has been that that concept. And then um, I was told that the book is kind of trying to put context oh, to absolutely. that line of thinking. So it does a- attempt to put it, but the context there, just did not there's change. There's a ton your of research. There's a feelings. ton of. Uh, it's weird because JD himself, who incidentally, that's a great, great name, JD Vance. It I really mean, is a guy. stellar, like, stellar name. Your mom, it sounds like she was a mess, but she named you really well. <laughs> this um, bluegrass band yeah. plays uh, at the Cork next week. Right. 
Are you serious? No, but oh, she, like, you believed it. I, and I would go and see him yes. and his talk to him about this book. I would have opinions to his face, JB. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks about his privilege because he went to Yale. Like he like bootstrapped himself out mm. and went to Yale. And he talks a lot about how uncomfortable he is both at Yale and at home based on the, the two very, very different environments. Mm-hmm. Now he never really knows who he is or where he is. But the overwhelming feeling behind it is you keep doing this yourself, guys. You're involved. Mm. So I wasn't feeling sympathetic, but I, I did enjoy the book. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have not even heard of that book, actually. I don't know how that happened. White men. I we do. Were, we were avoiding them. I was turning it <laughs> off. Just <laughs> blinders, all the blinders. Um, Fandos Anonymous uh, this month is... Josh really basically wrote this episode. Um, <laughs> is about the fact that I'm mansplaining the Chat Your Own podcast. This week yeah, and, and you know what, guys, guys, it happened. I Look, get it. I have to fix it. Now I understand. You just, what you needed is is a little Josh. It was a white man. Yeah, uh, little, little white man, little white man in your feminist podcast. Uh, the, basically, just the issue with with fandoms. It has been. I think most of the fandoms anonymous we've had on the show have ended up being like way more serious than we wanted them to be. Mm. It was like something That's horrible kind of our happened, uh, and it's it's a problem. The the toxic toxic masculinity that has formed nerd culture is not is not unavoidable. I mean that masculinity has formed all of our subcultures and everything, and all of our culture, the entire zeitgeist is from the male perspective. That's zeitgeist twice. That is zeitgeist twice. I would almost say defined nerd culture in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, yeah. And and or at least defined the current state of what how a lot of people perceive it. Mm-hmm. it it's it it was kind of unchecked for a long time and really undiscussed for a long time, and um, uh, and then you know the, the, and it's because the mo- nobody was paying attention to it. Yeah, no nobody one was even attention. noticed right. the nerds. Yeah, once they realized right. you could make a bunch of money on us, That's, then yeah. oh, th- this thing became a thing, and it really it went from um, fear of women to hatred of women. Very quickly. Well, it, it, yeah, it, 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 they don't want us to play in their sandbox. I th- honestly, is the problem. As, as, as a white guy that grew up as a nerd, a hardcore, old school Dungeons and Dragons nerd, mm-hmm. it's still fear. It <laughs> is still fear. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it is un, it's misunderstanding. Like, no one wants to be afraid. And the nearest emotion to that is anger. And so you just kind of go like, well, being afraid makes me uncomfortable. Being angry makes me empowered. So, so I'm going to be. You're, you're doing a combination of fight and flight. A hundred percent. All yeah. at the same time. That is like, that is the easiest definition now, of nerdy white man. Oh my like, God. But that's, that's how we're wired. Isn't it also kind of the definition of the bully? Yeah. Fear of being realized as not the strongest, not the <clears throat> smartest. Someone's going to know I'm being abused. Whatever might be going on to make someone a bully as mm-hmm. a kid. Uh, fear of being discovered and angry at your lot in life is it's this, essentially the same thing. That's fascinating. I mean, th- we're talking about very specific kind of nerd culture fandom yes, narratives yeah. right now. But, you know, if we're going to general- generalize within these narratives, because they're the ones that I understand, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of it was a lot uh, the uh, you were slightly socially awkward. You gravitated towards things where there was a fantasy element because you didn't quite 
understand the world. Uh, there was a much more popular contingent in society that was saying that's dumb and rejecting you into a smaller and smaller box. And then society came in and poured a whole bunch of money and new people into that box. And you went, wait, this was the only place that made sense to me. And you're not allowed to be here. Get out of my And sample. so get the hell out of my box. Yeah. Um, and so you, it becomes a very reverse bully culture. That said, there's a lot of people who I'm kind of like, as an old school nerd, being like, you're new too. Like there's a very right. interesting thing going on uh, within that. But I mean, the fandoms are fascinating in that um, fandom culture, like it used, it used to be more, I'm, I'm never, I'm an anti-nostalgic person. Like one of the, on my problematic list is nostalgia. Like I'm anti-nostalgia. That's, and so when I say this, I'm just kind of using it for reference. I feel that fandoms used to be more critical. Part of the fandom was that you were critical. Part of the fandom was that you were watching Star Trek and criticizing Star Trek and saying these were the good episodes and these were the bad episodes. Now fandom has become like, if you criticize it, you're out. Interesting. And it's created a, a slightly different dynamic in fandom. Um, where people are like really kind of coalescing over very specific pieces of fandom and saying like, if you don't like Twilight, well, you're out, and you're not allowed to have a conversation about the quality. I would prefer to be out. Thing. Yeah, if, oh, in yeah, regards no to Twilight question. specifically, yeah. I think we could I, all we're out. unanimously agree like that's cool. Like where where is the line? Because I would like to stand on I, the other right, side. Right, where's of the it. other? I, yeah. I also think there's the aspect of fandom right now about ownership. Where yes. where you are no longer being given the content, but you are being owed the content. A hundred percent. And that has riled a lot of anger in the fans um, because they had this idea that this belongs to me, and so you belong to me, and I can. Which is funny because I think of it also as being very critical, where I can say whatever crap it is that I want to you because I own you. Uh, which is a big problem and, and stems into some of the things we were talking about last week with right. Star Wars. Well, it's the Star Wars week. and uh, what we talked about with, oh my God, I can't think of his name right now, uh, the Stranger Things kid who wouldn't sign an autograph or wouldn't stop to say hello and like these adults were berating him yeah, all okay, over the internet. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, and we talked about that on, on the X-Files podcast quite a bit, the idea that the fans were so, I mean, now I'm mad at Chris Carter, but it's a whole other conversation. Um <laughs> But for 20 years, 22 years, I fucking wasn't. <laughs> like, um, you know, that idea that you need to do this the way I see it as it should turn out. And you owe me that because I watch your show or read your books or whatever is has gotten very, very out of control and is fueling this, you know, berating children and whatever else it might be. Where, that. where the line between like fan fiction passes over into no, this has to happen. This is not, right. Yeah. yeah into a, um, fan, fandom service. Where, yeah. where there'll be moments in movies that you're like, oh, that's just for the fans. That doesn't push the narrative. But I got to tell you, as a fan, I appreciate when that happens. I'm real excited. <laughs> oh, no, me too. Yeah, I'm me like, too. oh, you see me. And I yeah. get real happy about it. But then when it doesn't happen, I'm real disappointed. So I like, mm. I, I understand that. But um, yeah, the, the being mean to the actual people playing the characters is, is unacceptable. It's actually, behavior. I mean, it's a mass psychological issue. I mean, mm. it, it is, if you, if you were to look at it as like, anthropology uh the fact that there are these people that are so attached to these characters and so that they can't actually can't differentiate between the actor and the character or they assume that when they say hello to an actor they should know which character they're actually saying hello to <laughs> is very much not a way of thinking that mm -hmm. up until this point we've even been able to study and have any data on because it's very it's fascinating i mean it is kind of mass 
hysteria programming and I, it's I actually it's might disagree with that a little bit really? just that <laughs> in my experience of fandom it hasn't been a confusing between the actor and the character it's more been especially in 2018 a concept of parasocial parasocial relationships where you have finn woodward i, I think it that's was who it finn is woodward. it was finn yeah. wolfhard Wolfhard. Thank you. You have Finn Wolfhard. I'm on it. I on, follow the 13 year old. <laughs> Got it, guys. Uh, you have him in your movie. You have him on your TV show. You don't have to put really any effort into participating in those pieces of media because you're sitting on your couch. You can watch Netflix. You can watch a YouTube video. You can watch videos of him interacting with people. You can have videos of him talking to the camera. He's talking to you. Now his you're, band. Now you're listening to his band. Now you have him on the Instagrams. Oh you are God. a you are having a relationship with this person, right? A purely, and it's so, and they're called parasocial relationships, and it's becoming a real issue with social media, and so it's creating this kind of like level of entitlement that I don't think quite existed in fandom before, no, it where you have. had to work so much harder to, except, to really it connect. Except yeah. in old, like golden day Hollywood, when the studios churned out as much information as possible, yeah, real or point. not, about their stars, where they would come yeah. in and do. Christmas with with the with Joan Crawford because mm-hmm. that's another weird book that I'm pretty obsessed with, Mommy Dearest. But like mm. they would come in and they would like show all of these like very intimate things, and I feel like maybe they decided mm, that's so great, and they like stopped doing it for a while, and then the internet really went yeah. back to it. But they did push out those relationships where people people used to write them letters all the time. Congratulations on the birth of your baby. Here's a gift. Why would you send a movie star a gift? <laughs> but that was a thing that happened all the right, time. Right, that's the relationship. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are people who do who do conflate, conflagrate the two together, which there are people who are at Comic-Con not to see Misha Collins. They can't wait to see Castiel. They don't <laughs> call him by his name. They know his name. No one... Not no one. It's pretty 50-50 at Comic-Con, actually. But, you know, there are people who shout for Dean and not Jensen Ackles. They don't. (laughs) And that is what there's this reality and non-reality that has blurred together for a lot of people because that's easier than than the rest of the world. The rest of the world is sucky crap. But Castiel is a great angel. And you know what? That makes me feel good. I feel safe. (laughs) There's an interesting difference, too, I think, which has increase the the commitment in parasocial relationships is in the old days when uh when Joan Crawford was like hey this is my dinner party it was really one dimensional right she was just kind of saying like this is the thing there wasn't a way for you to like comment on the thread and then god forbid for her to reply right. sure but people would write thread. letters people oh, would yeah. write letters they would join the fan clubs yeah. and then get furious yes. when they didn't get a letter but back oh absolutely i mean yeah. every instagram video ends with tell me what you think in the comments sure so they are like, like people comment. really yeah. feel like they have mm-hmm. close relationships like Logan I mean, is we a just real did that. thing mm-hmm. we know? just did that in yeah. you know tell us what you think or and, w- and oh, we yeah, are yeah, talking yeah. about yeah. a very specific stripe mm-hmm. of it I mean where this yeah. where the real issues are coming up in this culture are really around the YouTube culture you know the the uh the Logan Pauls of the world and the I Justines of the world, which I just totally dated myself by using that name. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that... I don't even know who that is. Yeah, and then, like, the Instagrammers. Um, but, you know, I always say, like, you have to you have to include yourself when you're criticizing other people. And I have actively stopped following people on Instagram because my I'll catch my brain being like, oh, my gosh, I love it when she does that. And Aww, I'm like, that, I don't know creepy. this person. Like, I need to <laughs> oh, yeah. check my my relationship with this person yeah, and just kind of uh, like get some distance. We're wired to connect. 
we are we we want it. I mean, that's yeah, it's a basic human really need bad. is to make a connection with somebody that seems to be like you. So I mean, that's you're gonna do that any way you possibly can. I did that with Kate Hudson. I was in, at the salon, and uh, not with Kate <laughs> Hudson. And I was flipping through my Instagram, and I went, "Oh, I forgot she's pregnant." And then I looked at my stylist and was like, "Like we're friends." And I just saw her a few days ago, so I should know. Like, that's not yeah. normal. I she, shouldn't know she that. She posts really, really cute belly pictures. No, though, she really all does. She's time. adorable. Uh, but I, that was a weird thing. I, to come which out of my rock mouth. star fathered this one? Her I, current, yeah, her current, current boy, boyfriend, <laughs> husband, fiance. I don't know. It was like we had Chris so, Robinson, right. and then we had the lead singer from uh, uh, from Muse, and so I assume it's. Oh, I, I thought it was just a regular guy or like a PR guy. I don't know. Yeah, he yeah. might not be. A, I but mean, you know what? I don't have any relationship with him. It's with her. It's with, right. <laughs> we um, are best friends. I don't I know think, this guy. I think there's also like a level of. I am super, super famous, and enough people talk to me that I don't have to respond to anybody. And I'm like mid level famous, and I'm C level famous where I'm still interacting back. Right. And that C level is, I think, where some of the danger becomes because they're, because they're still trying to talk to people, and then it escalates, and you really do feel like it's a real thing. But like at that, at that Kate Hudson level, Kate Hudson's not talking to you. Kate Hudson don't give a shit yeah. that I forgot she's pregnant. No, Kate Hudson feels real confident <laughs> in, her, in her ownership of her baby and, but and you, not your concerns. You felt genuine. I felt bad yeah. that I forgot. Like, yeah. that's, not, that's not normal. And I did the same thing. I, and when I, I looked at my stylist, we talked about it, and I said, I don't. Did you hear that? Did you hear that come out of my mouth like a complete lunatic? You said that out loud. I did. I was sitting there. Everyone was chatting. Sure. It was kind of quiet in there, but there were enough people to be making a ruckus. So I didn't think anyone would Yes, we get it, Noodle. You have so many people that love you. You don't have to love people online. We get it. We're Mm -hmm, different. mm -hmm. I definitely crave friendship. There's lots of people that I like online. I mean... Chrissy Teigen, like whatever you put on, I'm gonna, this I'm gonna not, like it. This is not the first time we've mentioned I, Chrissy Teigen. I, She's I a don't, gift. I don't really comment on other people's Instagrams that are that are not people that I actually like. I comment on your Instagrams. There's a couple, and like two other people. I yeah, I feel weird though when I do. I mean, there's a couple of people who, who I have followed for a long time. They felt we don't know each other, but we'll say one or two things back and forth every now and then and comment. But that's the extent. Sure, reciprocal though. It's re- it's reciprocal yeah. for the. That's that sea so. level. <laughs> We're, yeah, that's that's C level. Yeah, okay. Jennifer always gives me crap because I'll see like people, and I in the wild, and I'll be like, oh my god, I want to meet that person so bad. And she's like, you know that they're not actually famous. Like you're the only person right. who knows who that yes. is. Yeah, and I'm like, thing. yeah, but they're big. To that's me. A, that's a big like, thing when you see, <laughs> especially living in Hollywood. Right. We see real life people all the time, and you forget that you don't actually know them. I remember I was somewhere, and I was looking at this person. I was like. Did I go to high school with this person? And it turned out it was like a TV star, mm-hmm. like whatever, somebody in some show that I was watching. I was like, you don't really know them. Just remember that. Don't go and talk to them. Be like, hey, what's up? I know. You have to be so well, careful. In this, yeah, here what? it is, especially because someone looks familiar and it's like, I really don't. Yeah. Do I say help? No, I don't think I know you. I should you let them to talk to me. It. Yeah, wait for them to co- always wait for them to come to you. Um, <laughs> when Jennifer I, was like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. And she says, it's good to see you. And the girl standing next to the other girl goes, just tell her. She's on The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> She's on The Walking she, Dead. It was Pollyanna McIntosh. She just played right through it. She was like, it's good to see you, too. Oh, that's oh, nice. That was that, oh, last, that was last year, yeah, wasn't Comic-Con. it? That was. That's what right. a nice person, yes, as opposed to pretending. She looked at her and thought, oh, this woman is beautiful. She, this woman is stunning, <laughs> and then couldn't figure out why she recognized She's her. She's like, I thought she was at my event. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah, she thought she had just oh, seen I her just somewhere. I just assumed that the person was talking about Jen saying this woman well, is beautiful. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, who well, doesn't? I just assumed. I just called I her a bitch recently because of her face. <laughs> I don't get to do that. No, no you, you don't. Do no, not. you don't. That's 100%. a good no, I did, though. I was like, uh, I, was, I was talking to, to dude, and I was like, 
said something about red wine. To was, dude? Yeah. <laughs> that's what you call to him? To my dude? He to has Dustin? a name. He does have a name. Dustin has a name. Um, that's not his real name. I don't know drinking. if it's like a secret on the podcast. Uh, no, 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 it's not. No, we're just very careful to only say nice things about our dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very nice. You should uh, hear what Jen says about you, though. Oh, my God. It's... I know. <laughs> Basically, I was with. drunk, and it was Jen's fault because, like, I was pacing her with glasses of wine. It was Mike's birthday. Never do um, that. I know it happens She's all the time. Irish she pulls me not. in. She pulls me in. And Dustin was like, "You?" I said, "Oh wait, I think I had four glasses." He goes, "Well, Jen had some glasses," and I was like, "But Jen turns that red wine into like magical exfoliating stars yeah, and hearts that like make her skin look beautiful." So it's not exactly the same. Where the rest of us just get oh. disheveled. My eyeliner runs down my face. I'm bloated. Not Jen. Jen looks great. <laughs> Jen is magazine cover ready. And she comes back and she's just like, that was so fun. I had such a good night. Are you tired? I am not tired. I, I have so it. many things I'm going to do. It. And then she sits down and goes, I'm going to watch a movie and falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nice. It's Super nice. Beaut- it was a really night. good time. It's we had a beautiful. nice time. It was a very nice time. Yeah. Oh. Turns out I really like you guys even when I'm not drinking. Wow. That's so Do you know it's you know important? What? Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I have to test it at You're some never point. sure. But uh-huh. it turns out I really, and I said that to Mike the next morning, oh, it turns out I really like all my friends, even when everybody else is shit-faced and I'm not. <laughs> when you, well, that's, that's uh, like you the guys, test, it, though. It's not because I'm an alcoholic, just FYI. In case because. you're listening, I'm just not drinking. We'll just, talk about that some other time. Right. Um, but that is, that's a good thing to know. It's like, when you're you're not drunk, can you handle your friends? Okay, yeah, I mm-hmm. actually like these people. Yeah. Um, can you meet their families? And hate their family, but you still like them enough to want to be their friend and have to deal with seeing their families. That's important. Everybody gets really silent. Do you have opinions about my family? No. No, actually, (laughs) if I didn't, well, if I didn't like my friend's family, (laughs) you'd probably know. You'd probably be aware. Um, But no, that's important. That's very important. I mean, like, look, when you got in-laws, you're going to fucking deal with it, right? Uh, Friends, you could be like, peace out. I can't. Your family's too much. (laughs) Bye-bye. I can't deal with this. Uh, so it's important. Everyone will understand. So we're going to get to the... To yeah, the we should so, okay. we really so here's what we're going to do. We are, uh, we are going to do a bit of a round table on our biggest uh, problematic things that we love that are problematic. We're going to try to each do... How do we want to do this? So I want to go first. Oh, well, you can go first. <laughs> no, but I think we should... I think we should do... Big surprise. I think you should Big state surprise. what it is. Uh-huh. And one or just state what it is and a couple of reasons why. And then we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it for five minutes. You yep. want to do it that way? Yeah. Okay. And I will cut you off and say I'm starting and everyone yep. talk. All right. Can people hear me eat Sour Patch Kids on the podcast? Dude, I just sucked down two oranges. I, I got to be honest. Okay. We also have the mics real high and I tested them all. They don't need to be this high. They could be on the table. And we're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> we have new mics this time. So, so be super tell loud. Us, tell us how they sound. Teeny tiny mic stands. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the first thing that I have on my Everything You Love is Problematic list is football. I love football. I grew up watching football with my dad and my brother. I would have sold my soul at the age of 8 to 10 for a pair of shoulder pads. Of course, my parents didn't let me play because, you know, I was You would have gotten literally foot stepped one. on. Yeah. But here's why I cannot watch football anymore. I have officially given it up. They are not showing the players kneeling, and it was a huge problem during the, the anthem. They are punishing players for kneeling and making them stay in the locker room, and it's still a punishment because the owners are dicks. And potentially bowed to pressure from Trump about how they were allowed to treat their players. Um, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job because of his kneeling. And he is a much better quarterback than a lot of people out there. Uh, The concussions, the science around it, and the massive brain injuries, and the fact that they have not released the new helmets to protect them. 
And these kids keep going to good schools but not getting any education. Um, the, the funnel up to not complete your final years of college, to so just go immediately into the NFL. You can only work for five to seven seasons, and then what the hell do you do with yourself for the rest of your life with the chronic injuries that follow you forever? I hate the fact that teams move. It's not fair. It's across all sports, but it bothers me more for football because it's a short season and there's very serious deep loyalty. If you have 300 games a year, eh, you get tired of it, but there's 16, and I fucking care about all 16. Don't take my team away in the middle of the night. It's mean. Well, it's also your Chargers fan. Yes, and I'm really, <laughs> even though they move closer to me, I'm pissed off about it. Uh, the constant talk about extending this season is also a problem because yeah. 16 games is too much for that level of damage. Um, and the, the taxpayers are being held hostages to teams that want to leave. If you own the team, you should build your own fucking stadium. So it's problematic. And uh, do we, we, we're going to talk about that some more, right? I mean, uh, the start five is, minutes. Is I, I, I don't want the show to get too totemic, uh, but. Um, Vocabulary out of control tonight. <laughs> but yes. also, that's what we do. Yeah, but um, yeah, I honestly, I've, I, it was easy for me to give up football because I was never a scared, uh, sport I particularly cared for, for all of the reasons that you listed right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I've always struggled with the level of violence in the sport and that I just didn't really care about it. But uh, my wife is from New England where football is a religion. Um, and Tom Brady's eyes are so blue you can swim in them. Uh, but but they they shake a little these days, <laughs> right? Because he's gotten even though yeah. even though nobody ever hit him for a very long time, they started hitting him again, and you know in the last five years because he's getting old and slower, and it it does damage. You can yeah. see them getting dumber. And, and what frustrates me is I feel that so few people. Um, and maybe it's just my family are willing to give it up. Like it's not even something they would even consider. It, it's it's j- just a non-acknowledgement of the problematic and troubling aspects of this sport. Um, it's not even like a denial. It's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's like I asked my uncle about it once, and he was like, you know, I think I I, I think it's the players' association is the real problem. And I was like, I don't even know where to start with that sentence. Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, so but that's that's your excuse to be able to continue watching. I have such an issue with football. I think people, I, I I too have issues with football. I think that people believe that football is it's you know it's only there for my entertainment. Entertain me, dance, dance monkey, dance, and don't I don't want to know anything. Mm. I don't want to answer any questions. It's not my. I'm not in. I don't play football. I don't own a team. I don't coach. I don't have a right to have an opinion. What goes on there goes on there, and you're entertaining me, and I love the sport. That's that's the end of it. Which I mean, all kinds of things. That's the way people think about it because denial is great. Ignorance really does make people feel bliss. Like it's <laughs> awesome. I don't have to worry about something. Um, but it's also this long running. It's it's an issue with America or the United States. I don't know why I'm saying America. I think it's because I was watching way too much stuff about the Americas in general today on the internet, and I've got, like, America in my brain. Um, in the United States, the and in the world, and masculinity and toxic patriarchal crap um, has bred football in all sports forever. I mean, this is... Little boys are told, let's play football, and then they get into, like, Little League, and they, they do all of these things, and they get to high Hot school. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's really bad. By the time you are a professional football player, that's the machine you're a part of and that machine is you're that machine is going on so people like colin it's amazing that they stepped away from the machine for a second and did a thing and that something did change and it's unbelievable that someone can risk what 20 20 million dollars 17 million dollars a year 
Uh, he didn't know he was risking it. Though. Well, no, but I mean, but he did at the time. He still had the right to protest yeah. right. any way he I chose, mean, and in fact, got a lot of guidance about the correct way to protest. Yeah. The that thing he, nobody he, freaking talks right, about. He, right. He consulted a veteran who said, "Why don't you kneel? That's fine." Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's. I believe the veteran he was said, struggling. "That's what we would." Yeah. Do. Right. Right. Yeah. He was struggling and didn't know what to do, and then this guy gave him some the, advice. The kneeling is for me the straw that broke the camel, the camel's back. Uh, when t when the TV stations refuse to show the players kneeling, which is un Hardly. unbelievable. I was yeah, so, I was like a level of complete yeah complicity absolutely. Where you're just like we yeah. we can pretend this isn't happening. Um, I don't understand why they don't just take away the anthem entirely. There's no reason for the anthem to be played well, before. It's military propaganda that the military <laughs> went to the NFL and they were like, hey, we're going to pay you some money for you to start like blaring out military songs. And the NFL was like, okay. And it's somehow the idea that they're actually protesting. It's never because about USA the flag. And, football and the flag. It, it's and not the, about yeah. veterans. Yeah. It's about police brutality and nobody's willing to admit it. No. And not to mention yeah. the fact it's the ninth friggin' iteration of the <laughs> the anthem, but whatever. Um, and I, I have always had an issue with the the medical, the medical portion of football. I mean, and at any level. I mean, again, I, I'm from the Midwest, and our football team was a big deal in high school. I mean, that was, it literally, it's it, what you see in Friday Night Lights and what's that other friggin' movie with the guy. Varsity Blues, the, the biggie hair. when we were younger. Varsity From Blues, the dude, yeah. uh, the dude, you know, the dude with the ugly cry, the guy. Um, <laughs> that that is real. Though. I mean, that's real life. I mean, you have horrible grades. The teachers are asked to pass you because we need you at state. I mean, the the culture that is surrounding we we own you. We're going to pay you an absurd amount of money, which is also something I have an issue with when it comes to sports in general. They should be paid a lot because it's their bodies and they're putting all kinds of crap out there. But the <laughs> amount of money they make is. Absolutely ludicrous, as is anyone in the film industry. That's I'm going to say one more thing about the money. <laughs> Last thing about the money, though, the differential between the top 2% of athletes and the people whose bodies are actually on the line getting right. whomped over and over again yeah. right. is staggering. You're being paid. Yeah. for your, your face is selling football. Yeah. That's why you're making more money, yeah. uh, which is crap because you also have all the endorsement deals, so it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, so one thing, Go ahead. A, a general point about problematic, though. I do think it's worth acknowledging that me saying I'm giving up football is a non-statement because I watched it for three years. Right. But I, I've watched football my whole life. And that's for the thing. I think, it's, I think yeah. it's a conversation of really people like me because whenever so something comes up and they're like, you should stop doing this. Somebody looks at another person and goes, you should stop watching that TV show because of such and such. I think there needs to be more acknowledgement for, from the people that for which this is really easy to give up for the other people that like, these are very intrinsic parts of our personalities and i can show you like a lot of my problematic things are a lot more fun than football uh they're <laughs> at least fun to talk about than football but football I, does make people mad. i mean giving them up would just would be just as hard i have not given up some of them I'm no that you think football <laughs> makes people bad no all, no all all sport again Chicago. I mean, you want to go somewhere where people get punched in the teeth for Philly. accidentally saying Cubs <laughs> on the wrong side of town? That's where you go. So maybe I'm extra like friggin' against it because oh my, again, testosterone. I mean, you can't get more testosterone than baseball season in fucking Chicago. Is it cannot? Is it <laughs> toxic masculinity is problematic? <laughs> is the problem with everything? Everything we talk about is going to fall into that purview we because were, it's developed we were, in that world. When Ken and I were talking about this show oh last week, God. and I was like, should I just put white men on my list? Because like, I actually wrote that down. It's a long top. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. No, we're well, going we're gonna to cover men at the end. We're right, going to take up. a few minutes to cover men. No, you go next. Oh, I'm up. You okay. go next? Yeah, tell us what um, it is. Give us so a few. And we'll I was thinking minutes. about, uh, so when this first came up, I was trying to think of like the ways things are problematic and why things are problematic. And I broke down my problematic things into three groups uh, with a fourth one. But they are the things that um, were, the things that are problematic and you kind of just don't care. Mm-hmm. We all have one of those. We all do. It's um, a, yeah. We have the things that, uh, were problematic and you didn't know until later. <laughs> and Those the, are the crushing ones. But I've got the, one of them on my list. Exactly. Me but too. one of the, the big one now is the things that weren't really problematic at the time, or at least weren't as problematic. And the big two for me being The Cosby Show and Roseanne. And this is one item to it's, well, This is one item to me uh-huh. because... I, I mean, obviously, I've, I have removed them from my life for different reasons. Um, the Roseanne, I probably will be able to circle back on after things calm down. Uh, not the new season. Oh, so you mean old Roseanne, <laughs> old not Roseanne. new Roseanne. Old right. Roseanne. Okay. Yeah, old Roseanne. Um, is check it, it's not new Roseanne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosby Show and Roseanne are so fundamental to my formulations of, like, um, life in America, like, because they were so. I, I, my childhood is kind of similar to the family on Roseanne, uh, but definitely, like, as a Southern Californian, that was like how I learned about Middle America and saw like real people doing real things. And quite frankly, like, I didn't know any black people growing up. Like, the Cosby Show was the black family in my life to the point where it didn't dawn on me until years later that I had an uncle who was like. Um, why do you watch that? It's black people. And I was like, I, I never crossed my mind. Right. Why like, is that who knew? Um, and so it was, those two things were so important to me. First, the Cosby show as a child and then Roseanne to be older and really in my development as, as a writer and as a personality and as a person, as a family member, because um, you guys know a little bit about my family. It's interesting. Um, but I learned so much from those two television shows. And so now, like, obviously the Cosby show's out. Uh, I will watch Raven Simone and other things. Uh, I will find... Uh, Raven Simone's not you problematic. Go <laughs> I, will, I, will, uh, I will find my, my uh, Robin Givens other places. Uh, but um, I, I, I can't, you know, that's obviously got to go. And then um, to cut Roseanne out of my life is tough. I have I can recite entire episodes of Roseanne to you right now, um, not from the new season. The new season was garbage before she go. went crazy. Yeah. It was garbage from the jump, but I kept watching it because it was Roseanne and because I love the characters so much, even though they weren't right and they didn't feel right and everything felt wrong about it. I just loved it so much. And after this, it's just kind of like you know I'm taking I, I I'm taking a beat on Roseanne. So those are my big ones. Taking a beat, yeah. Uh, okay, five minutes. Uh, so, in regards to the Cosby Show, because that's very, very important to me, mm. um, I still want to be Claire Huxtable when I grow up. That will not change. I was very, very Again, young. She was, is not problematic. She is not problematic. Here's the thing: the Cosby Show is not problematic. Bill Cosby yeah. is problematic. There ain't nothing wrong with the Huxtables. But we're saying but everything is problematic because of how you scratch the surface. How you scratch the surface. Of how far you so go. I, was he behaving badly at the time? I'm sure he was. He I mean, was. ask Lisa Bonet. I'm pretty sure she has some things to say. Uh, I, but, but the Cosby show is one of the ones, and I, I think, I think this is on somebody's list. Um, but I had made a very specific decision in my life because of Michael Jackson. I was very young when Michael Jackson stuff started, but, uh, by the time Bill Cosby happened, 
I had already found a way to separate the artist from the art to a po- if it's possible to mm-hmm. do that. So have I seen an episode of The Cosby Show since this happened? No. Mostly because it's been pulled from the air in a lot of places, so you can't. Also true. Um, but Which at first, it's a little easier to. It does make it easier. <laughs> at first, I was like, "What do, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do, I, how do I handle this?" And I, I just took a lot of time to like think about the Cosby Show and what it meant to me. And those things are still very, very important because I, I was the same way. I didn't, re- it didn't even occur to me that this was a black family. It was. I was more surprised that you had a doctor and a lawyer with children who weren't tearing the house apart and they both had like careers they were fulfilled in Was and a big nanny? house no they did not but they know. had so many siblings that they could all watch each other i mean they didn't bring sandra in until season two so it's weird um <laughs> but like i did i learned values and i learned about friendship and and all of this stuff on the show that i can't possibly i can't erase that from who i am yeah. this did make mold me a little bit as a child i can't get rid of that um, so yeah, like, you know, the cop, loving the Cosby show is fucking problematic. And Roseanne, I loved Roseanne. I, I cannot watch the show. I watched the first four episodes. I'm sorry. It was oh, garbage. The new season, the new season was, was garbage. garbage. And she has always been problematic. Liking Roseanne has, Roseanne Barr her, has always been problematic. Um, I, I don't have any problem letting that go. And I, you know what? I will still watch the old ones though. That doesn't feel as Cosby to me which is weird. Uh, but she has gotten more and more crazy as the years go on, and we, everyone, we've all watched it unfold. Um, and it's not that one is worse than the other. I guess Cosby's probably worse. Uh, Cosby feels more targeted. It feels more targeted, and, and yeah. Cosby uh, you know, has the difference of physical harm mm-hmm. to, to yeah. what's happened. Um, but I, I never even questioned watching old Roseanne because... At the time, I don't think she was as crazy. I don't think she was like it. Never, it was never. It was certainly wasn't out. It was crazy. a different kind of. Yeah, it was of a different out kind of there. crazy. She was I always don't associate she was old always with that. wacky. She, she was, was always wacky. Yeah, she was always wacky and definitely destructive. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it was. It was just soap opera destructive. It wasn't what it was, this has become. It was, you know, what what it seemed like female comics had to be to be known. I mean, you had to be outlandish. You had to be loud and annoying. And, I mean, Phyllis Diller created a generation of female comics that, Mm. that, and Joan Joan Rivers, I mean, they were, kind of had to be that to get on the car. Johnny Carson, you had to be, you had to have something, whether it be a dirty mouth or (laughs) crazy hair and, and smoking and, grabbing your crotch whatever it might be you needed a gimmick to be noticed and she rode those gimmicks to the point of kind of mm. driving herself nuts i think i never watched either show as a kid because didn't, have, didn't TV. have tv right. so i really i have had no problems removing them from my life immediately <laughs> thoroughly uh at a castration level in fact um yeah i i they they mostly just make me Ragey, and mm. I don't have that sense of betrayal because I didn't mm, grow up right. with it, and I don't have to go through the work of separating the artist from the art because I'm just like, nope, I only know about you as a person, and you're mm. the worst. See, I don't believe in separating the artist from the art. I believe in acknowledging the part. Oh yeah, I'm going to talk about that. On my I think it's per. I think you have to take it yeah. per situation. I don't think you can I think blank it's a cop it. Out. I think it's Do how you? you make yourself feel think, good about. I mean. If somebody, if I, if there's an artist, let's say an actor, like a painter, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I bought his painting 10 years ago, and I love his work, and it inspired me and got me through some of the hardest times of my life, and then as a 50-year-old, I find out he 
ran over somebody with his car and then drove away and didn't care. Do I sell that painting? I don't know. I don't know until I'm in that moment well, and that thing happens. Well, how do you feel about Matthew a, Broderick? To make yeah, an opinion. I think and that's well, part of the conversation. It, well, yeah. was it on purpose? Where Did you... We're talking about a different thing, though. Like, a hit and run is different than like finding out that you know Matthew Broderick was like drugging, uh, you know, all of the 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 blonde actresses in the eighties. It's a slightly different thing. Wait, for a second, I was like, did I miss a headline? Yeah, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) That didn't happen. (laughs) No, no, but I. um, But I I will say that. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was both of that was a that was an accident. (laughs) That 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 was an accident. I don't really feel like. Yeah, that's a that slightly was, different. Right, I that's think you need to know the situation yes. before the you can say the there is nuance. Yeah. There is, there totally is. Um, however, I will say that I recently, I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was kind of drunk, um, but I picked something up and it was like this. It was nothing else. But I went. This um, is a, a small I, glass that this is, a small is glass. waving around. <laughs> and I went. It's, I went, it's <laughs> luckily empty. Otherwise, both Josh and I would have gotten a little bit of a splash. I know. I love your phone. And then made it like when Vanessa was super drunk at that party. And then they made her like play the game again. And then she takes a shot. And she goes, this is tea. Do you remember that episode? Oh, I, I just, thought you were talking about me. It was a Cosby like, show I, episode. I, and I just like days Cos- ago, oh. something happened. I, that I, I said the entire scene to myself, by myself. <laughs> and I laughed about it. I can't get that stuff out of my brain. I, I can't make it stop. 100% thought you were referring to something that I had done. I was like, I have never done that. No, and you're a crazy no. person. It's not tea. It's, it's not obviously going to be whiskey. For Why, some right? the like, what, And I've never made that gesture. And I don't know what game you think I'm playing. But it wasn't me. It's Vanessa Huxtable. That's that's a very different story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You can see how that'd be confusing, though. That's confusing. All right. So we're over five minutes yep. on everything. Okay. We are. That's yeah, okay. That's, that's why we have to be like two minutes. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Um, it's okay. your candy. <clears throat> What's it's your me. first problematic? My first problematic is glitter. <laughs> Which yeah, I mean, I, you're not wrong. From the tone of my voice, I, like, I'm sad about the fact that I can't. I mean, I... I, I try to recycle and all these things, but you, you there's just some stuff you don't think about. And one of those things is teeny tiny pieces of glitter, especially since I think most of us think about glitter as being in something or on something and not necessarily ending up in the garbage as tiny little pieces of plastic. You don't think about that, right? I didn't think about that. Um, big crafter, lots of crap. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with my glitter now. Uh, I have all this glitter. I don't want to kill the sea turtles, and I'm freaking out about it. And there's this entire community of people that like oh, has this now. There are stores that are built just to sell you glitter. This was like twelve dollars, <laughs> and you're paying too much money for your glitter candy. Because I buy the I buy the good fucking glitter. Candace is holding up small jars of glitter. On the for the it's record, they're Martha small. Stewart brand. There's a whole bunch of them. And they're glass. We and they also have need to talk about three different ways to sell brands at some point well, right. and how they will upsell you based on their name. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I, I think... <laughs> this podcast is a real downer, you guys. It is. This was really not a great choice. It's going to get worse. I think I have to use this glitter, right? Because... If I throw it away, that's worse. I'm literally putting it right in the ocean, basically, if I throw it out. If I use it, at least then hopefully most of it won't end up in the ocean because it'll be on or in something. <laughs> and not, uh, what do Until I do? That gets thrown away Hold on. And put in One, the two, ocean. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I have that's thirteen. That's economy sized. 
I know, right? Apparently, I thought I needed that two pounds of purple five glitter. Five ounces of purple <laughs> glitter. Um, I mean, what, that's a lot of fucking glitter. And all, some of it is embossing powder, um, but it's the same shit. Uh, I, what do I do? I think that's just that smaller is. glitter. It's just smaller <laughs> glitter. It really is just smaller, finer glitter. It's the same thing. Um, what? Anyone? Any suggestions? How do I we mean, if you throw it out, throw it out in glitter. the container. When you said glitter yeah. was your problematic thing, and I was like, that's adorable. But by the end of your description, I was like, wow, we need to do away with glitter. We need to do I mean, something about Why are we talking about similar this? Similar to how they took the soap beads the, out of the, it, the yeah, little beady, the little beady yeah. things out of face wash. Mm. Because Which it's the is same, I'm sure it's made of the next plastic. Right, yeah. it is. Yeah. You can, and you can't, go. you can't sell those anymore in the United States. No. But wow. they still exist. I mean, people are still, they still have them. And eventually they're going to stop. Eventually they'll, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be out. rid of. But if you have, you know, a shitload of bath beads and a shit, you know, from whenever, no yeah. one ever buys that stuff tiny. You buy it in bulk. You you buy it at Ross when you see it, like, mm. by the in two pound counter. Bag. Exactly. You've got little tiny, like, beads for days. They're still falling into the ocean, according to the internet. So. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. Glitter, glitter is a problem. And, and I love it. And it's funny that you talk about how you don't picture it like anywhere except for like on a thing or in a thing. I think of, pic- of glitter as being fucking everywhere all the time. You cannot come near <laughs> glitter without it being in every crevice That's of true. your house, your body, your like life. We we did the glitter run. There was glitter in my car for a year afterwards. Oh, so long. Oh, so and long. and and I don't even think I had that much glitter on me. Comparatively, there was the one guy who looked like a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was but the best. Yeah, the glitter, it, it is not containable. It gets everywhere. It does like end up in your lungs and, and stuff. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you aspirate glitter all the time. Oh, sure. I breathe Crafty glitter McGee, all the time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's in my eyes and stuff. It's on my contacts. Don't care. Love it. It's probably on Everything right is now. beautiful. It's probably in my brain. Um, no, but I do. I fucking love glitter, like a lot. Like if I could put glitter on everything, I would. I don't know that I love it as much Kira, as Kira does, as in like a body sense. Sure. Um, hi, but, Kira. Hi, Kira. Uh, but I do. I like. Look at all this red and green glitter. What am I gonna do? Well, it's that? almost Christmas. But but you can't. Can use I it. make cards? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you could. You could just gift people the glitter. And make in, it their in, problem, right? In the in its little tube, and just like pass it around forever. The meanest uh-huh. gifts you've ever. Or made. okay. You could decorate the whole bottle as like a Christmas theme mm. and use it as a decoration, and then you're not actually using the glitter; you're just using like the imagery of the glitter. That's interesting. That's very interesting because these are glass bottles. If uh-huh. I took the label off and yeah. change the lid, I can you take like some glitter out, out, put some yeah. lights in there, mm-hmm. and then it's shiny decorations. Mm-hmm. Can you That's melt the glitter so now it's a? Oh no, because it's no. flammable. Oh, that should burst yeah. right into flames. Well, it'll so it'll turn into a black. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Pool of... I mean, I, I feel like despair. we should try once. Ooh, this all sounds entertaining. Yeah. So oh. tune in next month when <laughs> we tell you how we accidentally burned down the kitchen. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're, you're super right, Glitter. <clears throat> and I don't even know that there's a lot of nuance around the conversation of Glitter other yeah. than, like, it's bad for the environment, it makes a giant mess, and it's unnecessary, unfortunately. It it's is totally pretty, unnecessary. If people are working on making Glitter that isn't killing friggin' fish... I so saw that's something great. that was edible glitter, and I was like, well, that's going to be fine. Edible glitter is great. That's you would think, yeah. right? Um, it should dissolve yeah. at some point. Hopefully. First of all, I'm all down with edible glitter because that's called sprinkles, <laughs> and I'm a big fan. And sprinkles are pretty great. <laughs> what, what would you do if someone was like, sprinkles are killing like the bees? Like what? Yeah, I don't like eat them, them all. Yes, eat, I'd eat, eat them all. You'd have to eat I'm all the sprinkles. I'm saving the bees. Right. Exactly. Right. I'm doing you all so many favors. No, I'm saving no, the world. no. I don't need any credit, just all the sprinkles. <laughs> all right. 
That's glitter. Knew it all. What's problematic for you? Uh, my next problematic is uh, it's going to be my separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. And it also ties back in with the toxic masculinity nerd culture conversation because I'm going with River Cuomo from Weezer mm. and his uh, shocking misogyny. Uh, Pinkerton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we be shocking? Uh, Pinkerton, I really strongly believe, is the precursor to the incel movement. Wow. Uh, he talks about how women are too busy for him and is, doesn't he deserve love? And, and in Tired of Sex, he's like, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. I'm exhausted <laughs> by it. And why shouldn't I just be having more? And, and I'm pretty sure it's like, the the definition of what the incels start to say that like I'm a nice guy like you should totally want to sleep with me and River is like this weird defenseless awkward looking guy and he's all like hunched over and apologetic except it turns out he's a dick bag and he treats women pretty badly uh, and and he are you saying that outside of the music or because I don't know any personal oh no it's all about his lyrics his oh, lyrics lyrically are, yeah lyrically yes and he's he's married. And has a kid. Yeah. And I'm sure he's like not a nasty human being. Yeah. But um, when confronted about it, he had some some pretty <laughs> sketchy things to say. Um, I think my favorite quote is, "Maybe I haven't matured in some ways that other forty year olds have, or maybe I'm more willing to honor those immature voices inside myself that other forty year olds aren't." Essentially, I'm a man child, and I'm entitled to treat women badly. Uh, and it makes me super sad because, like, I. As a 14, 15, 16-year-old thought Pinkerton was the greatest thing that's ever been written. <laughs> and I was able to, like, adjust the lyrics in my head so that they were more, like, love songs. They're not fucking love songs. They're abusive and ugly. And the song Butterfly, uh, which is, of course, my favorite song on the album. Uh, I'm sorry for what I did. I did what my body told me to. Like, oh, I remember thinking at the time, well, he left her. How terrible. Nope, that's a rape song. I always thought he was talking about the fireflies, that he killed the fireflies and that he uh, he was talking to the fireflies. No, it's, uh, I, I, I mean, it seems very much to me like, didn't mean to fuck you when you didn't want it, but <laughs> did it anyway because I had the urge. Um, and, he, and, you know, he's gone back and forth about, like, apologizing for Pinkerton and, like, distancing himself from it and then coming back and, like, no, actually, I really... I'm fine with this. This is great. This is a great album. I put together a great album, guys. Very lyrically interesting. And, and the music is great. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's it's fucked up. And he talks about it as being, like, a concept. But, like, misogyny isn't conceptual. It's a choice. And his lyrics are consistently pretty bad. I mean, if you look at Across the Sea, where he's writing, like, a love letter to a 15-year-old Japanese girl that he consistently fetishes throughout his uh, his career, uh, it's it's a problem. And, and it... I think it really spurned a lot of that I'm owed sex movement and the toxic masculinity that's in that nerd idea mm. of because I'm so awkward, like somebody has to be nice to me and love me. And it's the, I'm, but I'm a nice guy. Yeah, it's but the, I'm the nice if guy. If you have to say you're so, a nice guy, you're, you're actually yeah. probably yeah. not the nice <laughs> guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's fetishy. He's misogynistic. Uh, it, it makes me really uncomfortable because like I love Weezer. I do, but this is a problem. And it's a problem that at 14 I didn't recognize, and listening to it later, I was like, oh, this makes me Crap. sad. Yeah. And it's consistent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm blaming him for the incel movement. <laughs> and so start. Is it, is it separating the art from the artist? 
oh, now you're starting the five minutes. Oh, yeah. oh this is going to take a while. Yeah, because it's the conversation. Um, <laughs> the Everybody conversation gets to rant a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, so are you separating the art from the artist? Because what's interesting is it seems like the art is the problem, and his comments being inconsistent. I mean, it's not like there is a common conception of him being some kind of a public shithead. Oh, yeah, there um, is. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like he's... Like, through, through his consistent misogyny. Oh, yeah. So, so other than the lyrical content is what you're saying. Like, outside of right. the lyrical content, he's known whether, for being Whether a or not he's actively uh, fetishizing, like, actual people is mm. unknown. Um, but, no, lyrically, it, it tips very heavily. Yes, lyrically. So I, I guess I'm just separating the art from mm. the artist is interesting, be, or what, saying that, Usually because it seems like the yeah. art is the actual right. and, issue. And there's this, there's this idea Usually of... Usually when you say that, it's because the artist was right. a shithead, but the art is right. really nice. Right, but no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the, the art is it's, the problem. But it's having gotcha. to be in that position where you have to recognize an art artist situation. Do I separate? Do I not? I mean, that is, everyone has that one thing that teaches you teaches you that the people who create things that you love might not be great people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the first time we're presented with that doesn't always mean that we do separate it, but when you're the first time you're presented with it, it's like, what, what, uh, what do and, I, uh, how do I, how do I navigate this? Can I apply that to everything? Do I have to be situation specific? That's how I feel. About and you might it. not also understand the lyrics, the first, you know, 10, 20, 40, 75 times you hear them. And then you're like, you like grow into it and you realize the context around it. You're like, that's that's not that's not optimal um is really that's that's how i feel about about this particular situation because at the time they seemed like love songs Mm -hmm. i mean um what song i I want a girl who lasts for no one it's called no one else where he's like you know when i'm not there she puts her makeup on the shelf she stays home and and i was like oh because she misses him (laughs) and it's like nope because he owns her and that's a problem I don't know much about Weezer or uh, him, so my face this entire time has been pretty astonished. Yeah, considering like what a successful, famous, happy band they're well known as. Right, (laughs) wait, with Um, their upbeat, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Weezer is very much speaking, as we go back to nerd culture, um, he's very much speaking from the perspective of a certain stripe of. Uh, teenage white male nerd culture. Incels. Um, <laughs> are you are you trying to be insulting, or are you just kind of pushing towards it? No, but I, you see how where that correlation is. No, I see the yeah. insult correlation, but you're using it, that word to insult a lot of people. No, just the active ones, not just the inactive the ones. <laughs> just just the ones on on Reddit. Specifically, okay. the ones. Specific, yeah, yeah. So you're just making a very direct specifically the ones on Reddit. Yes, I'm making right. a very direct co- correlation. And I actually, the more the idea came to me, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's that's him. That's this him. is a problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a connection between a, a 25 year old record and a modern, um, uh, reasonably minor Reddit movement. I don't know. I guess I'm fascinated by this because I because I, I love talking about Weezer. I'll talk about Weezer. I, I'm just I don't think fascinated. It's that minor by the other of a movement. I mean, this has been the uh, the killing in Santa Barbara, the the shooting very recently where with the 19 year old who came in and shot the girl and then a whole bunch of other people oh, after yeah. he had 
asked her out 75 times she kept mm-hmm. saying no mm-hmm. they're out there and they are they're getting more violent well, so you're I, so you're including because like elliot roger yes was was an active member of, of that movement thank you i don't know anybody but i don't know i don't know the the um more recent one if he was a part of that movement or if he was just pissed off that somebody well, it's just the him. same mentality of right. i asked this girl out she said <laughs> okay no, so, so not the movement everybody. we're talking about the mentality yes yeah, yeah. Gotcha. the yeah. mentality is, is spreading whether or not people know that that's a label for them Oh, okay. Right. Because there is yeah, an actual yeah. movement. Like there, there is, is a, an yeah. actual. But I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's yeah. to. I don't yeah, want to throw everybody anyway. into you know a bunch of people that are actively on the internet right. conspiring to create violence. Yeah, no, no. I, I am talking about the people that are actively on the internet conspiring to create violence. Oh, okay. All right. And That's how interesting. that is, spreading. and how they're probably all listening to that album. Yeah, is over and over. I, think, I mean, here's I think the problem. The I'm also listening to that album, <laughs> and that's why it's fucking problematic because it has this place in your brain space mm-hmm. now that means something to you. That's not what it actually means. This is my it Cosby Show, guys. You. Exactly. This is your Cosby Show. This is your Cosby Show. show. <laughs> no, it really is. Um, and I think what we're seeing a lot of right now, which is something that Dustin. And I discussed recently. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, dude. I specifically looked at Josh. I wanted him to understand that I was not, not you know, naming somebody. Um, it, which is looking at the persp- the female and the male perspective of, of things. Uh, that right here, this conversation mm-hmm. is exactly what that is. It's you, you see it one way, you see it one way. Not because either person is, is wrong, because we've been molded to see it that way. You were molded as a 14-year-old to hear that album and go, that is so sweet. I want someone Mm. who loves me so much they don't want me to wear makeup when I go out other places because I should only be pretty for them and I love that. That's all I want. You probably didn't feel that way. You probably felt... I really just like want the girls to like me <laughs> and oh, I'm, yeah. no, I'm, I'm going to be awesome and I'm going to be cool and I'm going to try and be confident because I want the girls to like me because you were programmed to. I mean, I don't even know if it's programming. I think it's just that I, I, programming is an interesting word. Um, yeah. There's no doubt that like at the time listening to uh, Pinkerton, like that was exactly how I felt at the time. Like I was also fetishizing right. a 15 year old Asian woman. Um, it worked for but you. the I difference might have been that you were 15. Right. You were also 15. He was not. But you don't think about that at 15. That's, you don't think about the person creating this thing that you like that totally they get you is maybe way too old to get you. He like was that. like 30. <laughs> Um, yeah, Pinkerton's a, a really interesting record in the canon. I mean, uh, it, it's weird to have this conversation because I don't want to, to sound like I'm critiquing or, or defending or anything, but uh, I, it is interesting to talk about like song lyrics because so many song lyrics are uh, speaking someone's truth in that moment, and even if that's ugly, in a moment, I mean, yeah. I don't. It, it, it's weird to kind of look at like like NWA said a lot of garbage evil things on that record they also said a lot of like really important impactful things on that record i there's only one nwa album the second one doesn't count um <laughs> but and so it's like where is it i think you they know? think you're probably well, I, think, I think music is a very interesting exactly. specific genre really... to have this conversation with because yeah, exactly. it is it's a moment and then as as the artist you continue to live that moment if you're touring for the rest of your life and as the listener point. you live the moment that the moment you heard that song and it meant something to you over and over and over again, even when you learn something about it that might be different, you still live the moment you were in when you hear it. Uh, so music is very specific and interesting when, when it comes to that. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally, totally. Um, 
I guess. Yeah, we're good. Next one. Josh, go. My. Next one. Um, I'm going to go silly. Uh, I'm mixing my list around. I'm going to go silly because I just threw this on the list as I was walking up. And by far the most problematic thing that I'm obsessed with, that I openly acknowledge is problematic, and that I just cannot bring myself to care is The Bachelor. I love we know. The Bachelor so hard. <laughs> I love The Bachelor of The Bachelorette. I will talk to you about The Bachelor all day long. I like that you say will as though there's like an option to say, no, thanks, I'm good. Like you're volunteering oh or we're God. asking you to. I, you can start the five minutes right now. Okay. So um, no, I can talk about The Bachelor <laughs> and The Bachelor of Franchise. I'm obsessed with it. I watch it like regular people watch football. Um, I know the characters. I know the the tropes. I'm so in. I've got Jennifer into it now, hey, hey, which Josh, is amazing. Do you have a uh, any sort of league around The Bachelor? I was in a Bachelor Fantasy League for a period of time with Tim and Helen. <laughs> We're also in that, so I'm not totally alone. Um, I listen to a Bachelor <laughs> podcast. It's a problem. Uh, I read the book. I pre-ordered it. Um, so it, here's the thing. Like, it's... It's almost comedic to say that The Bachelor is problematic because, like, it's hard not to just... You're watching it. It is the most heteronormative, normcore bullshit. They all look the same. They all are fighting to get married. We all know they're not going to get married. Like, it is such a wash and just absurdity. Um, it, it, I mean, the problematic natures of it, I mean, some of these guys are real shitheads. Some of the women on The Bachelor are real shitheads. Um, this whole kind of obsession with getting engaged, I'm ready to fall in love, I'm ready to get engaged. People just say that the whole season. If you fall in love too early, you're off. If you don't fall in love, you're off. If you say you're in love, or it, but if you phrase it incorrectly... You're off. Like, Wait, it's amazing. It yeah, I would like to know what that incorrect um, Okay, so last week, uh, she kicked off Jean Blanc, and Jean Blanc was like, I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm falling in love with you. And she's like, dude, it's week four. Like, I'm sorry, we're just not in the same place right now. I, 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 I think it's time for you to go home. And she walked him to the door, and he went, you know, I, I was only saying that to, uh, so that you would keep me around, though. So if you weren't ready to hear that, it's not actually true. <laughs> and it yeah. was the greatest yeah. thing Ew. ever. I can't believe they aired that. <laughs> it was insanity. They're all wasted the entire time. Oh, I don't even yeah. have to say how it's problematic. I just have to tell the facts. <laughs> like, they're so wasted. They um, are. They call each other their girlfriend, like on The Bachelorette right now. Like, they're all like, oh, man, I just want to spend time with my girlfriend. You're sitting next to 12 other guys that are also, I'm using rabbit ears, dating this woman right now it is insanity and yet i just love it for some reason i love the absurdity of it i love how insanely heightened and gamified it all is like how it's like gamifying engagement there's something about sure, it because you earn a reward you do you uh, oh uh, totally it's like the so problematic. Yeah, no, and you just begin. have to say, I love this thing, and everyone's like, yeah, that's a problem. It <laughs> is a problem. Um, and yet, and so the, a book came out last year, uh, the earlier this year, called Bachelor Nations by Amy Kaufman. It's not very good, but she did like kind of a deep expose Sorry, Amy. on The Sorry, Bachelor. Sorry, Yeah, she, like she knows. She's got a bestseller right now. She does not care about my opinion. But she interviewed a bunch of people, but the best part of the book is she talks to a lot of celebrities that are obsessed with the show. And it's a lot of gay women that are like, I don't know why. It's just 
fun to watch like this heteronormative norm porn and just watching this like absurd thing play out. Um, I can't even tell you why I love it. I just can't get enough of it. And then when they go to Bachelor in Paradise, I can tell you, Bachelor in Paradise is like me drinking rosé between two fingers. I'm I'm ashamed of how much I enjoy it. Um, so is, is the problem how much you like it? Like, is that what's problematic about it? Okay. His, I mean, his face glowing. <laughs> I'm so, so happy. excited to talk about The Bachelor. Um, I, I totally didn't leave it on the list because I forget. I don't even acknowledge how problematic it is because it's such an aspect of what it is. It's so obviously problematic. As I was railing in the elevator to come up to your apartment, I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, which is like 60% former Bachelor contestants. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, Wells is in Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, they got Kariko from uh, the Japanese one. Oh, shit. I have a problem. Oh, shit. This is a real issue in my life. I didn't even know there was a Japanese one. It's such, oh, they've done it in so many countries and then last, anyway. uh, (laughs) International information. It's a thing. Um, So The Bachelor is on my list of things that are problematic. I fully openly acknowledge that it is, and I just cannot bring myself to care. That's (laughs) okay. Because I don't think it's hurting anyone. I I mean... And... I don't think it's hurting anyone that didn't choose right. to be put in a position it, that's it's fucking probably hurting hurt. a lot of right, people, but right. they're they've set themselves up for. I for just the think that Los Angeles is filled with more than enough pharmaceutical reps named Blake. That <laughs> the, to the world, th- the world is full of more than enough pharmaceutical <laughs> to burn reps. a couple Instagram models. There's more coming. We, right, we are we right. have plenty of Instagram models. We don't need any more. So uh, yes, that's one of my problematic things that I, I love is The Bachelor. We really don't need a five minute on that. I and think you'll pull really it out of went. my cold dead hands. I have nothing I, to say. To no, that. we did. I think that was it. That was uh, that is. I get it, man. I get what it. Can I, say? I totally get it. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay, that makes me want to change my next one. Right? Let it out. Let it out. Oh. Oh, should I do it? Do it. Eh, do we have time for that? We yes. do. I'll keep it slow. Um, I'll keep it short. Um, the only reason that this thing is problematic that I love is not because of why you think it is. I'm going to say the Kardashians. I'm going to say that I love the fucking Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. I love them. I want to be... Well, I don't want to say I want to be friends with them because what if we meet one day and then they find out about this and then it's weird. Um, <laughs> At least you're not wearing a let's kill the Kardashian shirt when you meet them. Which that happens. Here's, here's what's problematic about loving the Kardashians. One, the insane like anti-Kardashian culture, which is the real thing that's problematic. Uh, I don't think that the family that is majorly women who took this horrible situation, parlayed it into this massive worldwide brand uh, hang out all the time, raise their kids together, show their children the world, and are in charge of everything they do and make a shitload of money because they work their asses off way more than we are. I don't think that's problematic. I think the cultural response to the pretty girls with lots of money is problematic. I think the way we look at women who are you know put together and they have, have everything. I mean, I, there are lots of people actually in my life that are very anti-anyone who seems happy. Very much so. You have more than me. You must be horrible. You, you're vapid. Look at you, because you have what I don't have. Really, that I, this is a discovery I just made having this conversation. I feel real good about it. Glad I brought it up. I was going to say it's because they were animal products, and I think that's crap. <laughs> like loving the Kardashians, and they. I mean, 
you have enough money to buy the fake fur that looks like real fur. So maybe you guys could set the example of not wearing fur. The fact that they still wear animal products being such a huge force in the fashion industry bothers me. That's what I was going to say. Well, I think that's a very valid point on both sides. Five um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Kardashian consumer, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. I've never bought anything. I've never watched the show. I super appreciate the idea of women being in charge of all the things because they are clearly in charge of all the things. But you say they took the super horrible thing and turned it into a worldwide mm-hmm. brand. And are you referring to the release of the sex tape as the super horrible thing? Yes, because and I will give you the reason, which I've told you this before. I don't think we've had this conversation. Um, here's my, my take on the Kardashians and why they are what they are. Uh, nobody, first of all, we, we made them. Uh, nobody knew who they were other than the social elite of Los Angeles until... Well, the OJ trial. No, oh, no, until, until yeah, the OJ I was like, trial. Because they were, uh, she, she was on uh, the the Simple Life. Oh, but that way later. No, I'm yeah. saying they were kids during the OJ trial. Not and the card. No, that was no, Paris that was Hilton. that was Paris Hilton. No, 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 Kim. She was. They were friends. Kim, she was. Oh, really? She, she was. She was Paris Hilton's assistant for ever. Wow. Forever. She's on TV all the time with Paris bossing her around. It's weird because I used to watch the Simple Life. <laughs> Uh, I love wow. You know what? Nicole Richie all day. She is funny as fuck. Yeah, um, but I follow yeah. her all over the place. Yeah. She's great. Uh, so yeah, so Kim, Kim would show up all the time and Paris would be like, did you clean my closet? That's like the most famous one. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. And there's this moment where like a regular person wants to take a picture with Paris and steps in front of Kim to take this picture with Paris. Wow. And you're like, wow, that did not age well. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, nobody knew who they were. Person. Nobody <laughs> knew who they were uh, until we made them a friggin' thing. And when her sex tape, what, whatever, how it really, I don't know, I wasn't there, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Um, no, that would have been on the cover of a bunch of rag mags for about two weeks, and it would have disappeared. No one would have spoken about it again if not for the news cycle and the OJ trial and the Kardashians being a thing, the Kardashian children being a thing. I think, and as a watcher of the show, uh, I, I think that it the way that they turned that into something that they could make into something is actually brilliant. I think they are probably the smartest people when it comes to getting ahead of something. If you need to get ahead of something, it's, you they call the media Kardashians. Savvy. That's they true. They are media savvy. Yeah. They are really business savvy. Chris. And you know what? It, the, the, this young woman kind of got thrown into it, maybe. Who released it? I don't know. I don't. Was it on purpose? I don't know. Point is, everything worked out fine in my book. And I, it's the anti-Kardashian crap that is the problem. I, one of the problems that I have with the Kardashian empire is some of the products, not, not just the I wear fur, but like the skinny tea and things like that. Because if you oh. look at them as these like women who are making a big difference, who are demonstrating how women can be in charge and boss and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. That stuff upsets me because you think about their young fans. Like, like I understand you make your money however you make your money, but, yeah. like, just sell all the makeup you need to. Mm-hmm. But the the stuff, there's, like, appetite suppressant lollipops. Like, I just, that, that for me, you make enough money, you don't need. You are don't they need, actually doing oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, But, I mean, are they yeah, supporting. Instagram promotion. Are they, yeah. are they supporting their friend's company? Well, no, it's they get paid to post the pictures. Yeah. Okay. We've had this yeah. conversation. I'm asking, do you actually know if you've seen them eating a lollipop, if it's oh. their friend's fucking company and they've decided <laughs> to endorse it? That's what I'm. Not uh, that that makes it okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I'm just. Yeah. I, I, I think we lump that kind of crap together. Quite I, a bit. Too. I don't know if it's their friends, but I know that the skinny tea is not their friend. No, because, the skinny tea is. And and that is constant, and it's. Mm-hmm. A, and How do that's, you know that? 
Because I'm on BuzzFeed all the time. It's BuzzFeed. Okay, it's I was just wondering what it is because yeah. I know it's something that's. I don't follow them on together. the actual right, right. internets themselves, but like BuzzFeed talks about other things. Yeah. A lot of. A, a lot of Bachelor contestants do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, a, a shitload of people right. will do that. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that by itself is problematic. Exactly. I think yeah. that's a separate, I think it's a separate right. issue. I think, so, you know, uh, me loving the Kardashians has nothing to do either way with their. Yeah, I mean, good know, for them and, and the money and the, the women business, for sure. I, I support yeah. all those things. And um, I don't disagree with your statement of it's not okay to hate them as much as, but I, I definitely think they have moments. The, the whole Pepsi debacle. Oh, uh, like the, honestly, the, the, the consistent, the tone deaf, like those things. But that's not her fault. <laughs> See, I don't. Shouldn't have See, this is a whole other show. This is why yeah, it is a whole other show because that is that. That's one of the biggest. That's I'm the choosing problem. to not engage. I mean, you. <laughs> never mind. I don't want to address the Pepsi situation. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I, I think that some of the sponsorship stuff crosses a line, and and but, be- becomes a problem. I, I think you want to you want to be on that TV and yeah. be as in the face as possible. Get at it, but I think that there are certain there are certain moments where, with that level of fame, you have to be uh, cognizant about what what that's going to look like. You do, but at at what point? Well, first of all, we don't know what sure. we would do in that situation. None of sure. us have that kind of fame. Um, I'm good. I mean, I probably won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not with we, that attitude. You can't. I, <laughs> what 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 are we deciding? Are we deciding that anybody who peddles a product that means that they're they're not they they should know better than to peddle that product because people are looking at them do who's who's in the wrong them or the people who keep looking at them oh no it's not if you want to just make like a regular pepsi commercial that's totally fine make all the regular pepsi commercials you want it's it's the 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 social context around it. i'm gonna have to address the pepsi commercial now i'm just gonna do it um (laughs) so the pepsi commercial situation is horrible and makes me really really sad this I, I see it as this young woman. She got she got a call to do a Pepsi commercial. And her first thought was, this is Pepsi. This is Britney Spears. This is Michael Jackson. Yes, I'm going to do this Pepsi campaign. Someone looked over the script, whatever, and it seemed like the right thing. It was no different than a Coke and a smile. It was no different than Hands Across America. Everyone gra- holding each other's hands and sharing a Coke in the 60s. It, it was the exact same idea. It was a very cultural, this is what's happening right now. We're going to show a picture of it. And she thought it was great. And the backlash was horrible. The The way it was shot and presented and the final product wasn't great. And why does this 22-year-old young model have to take the brunt of that? Because Pepsi made a poor choice. Because Pepsi put out a, a tone-deaf commercial. Well, but you're kind of splitting hairs because on the one hand, you're saying you value them because of the level to which they control their brand. And on the other hand, you're saying we can't blame... Kendall or the other one. I sorry, I don't know which no, one. No, it it's was. Kendall. It was Kendall. We can't blame Kendall for <laughs> this not. commercial because she's not Pepsi. No, no, no. They I, control their brand meticulously. They they had to control their brand and create their brand, but the one of the youngest children who has a job that isn't just being a Kardashian. She has a job. She's how can how can you blame her for something that was out of her control? You know, it's in their control. I don't think it was out of her control Keeping whatsoever. I, I I mean, you don't think Pepsi is more important than Kendall Jenner? I think I do. No, I don't actually. I think that <sighs> Pepsi went to Kendall because she is a Kardashian, and Kendall has an entire army of people. She has all of sure, her people. Sure. She has all of Chris's people. She has Chris. End of story. Like you know, so nothing happens in that family without an army of people's input that that's sure. the other reason but how but you you know that 
you can't predict what a final product is going to look look like when you start to work on it. First of all, ouch. Uh, Second of industry. We we talked about subtweets earlier. Right? Oh my Holy god. Shit. No, it's I true. might have to leave the room, it's not guys. Fair. It's bullshit. I mean, we all know when you have 50 people in the friggin' kitchen, what you think the final product is gonna be might not be the final product. The, and this she entire world was, she knew what the but pitch on that how was. Could you Somebody, say that that's knew wrong. What she was gonna have but how to do. but in her position, how could you say that that's wrong? How can you, as a young person who sees what's happening in the world, who has, there's mass shootings in her country every day, the whole family has tried to work for gun violence, and everyone keeps shooting them down and won't take them seriously. I can't believe And they all work with every town. I can't believe you said you didn't mention the work that Kim did to, to get that woman to, to get that, that woman. was amazing. Well, that is that amazing. Is, that is absolutely hands down the best use of celebrity I've ever seen absolutely. ever. Absolutely. But that was, that, I was so happy Because that, that worked out, mm-hmm. it was okay. Kendall tried to do something that she thought would be very relevant to who she is, the company, what she does, being a model, who she, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't work out okay. And as a world, we blamed a 22-year-old model and not the corporation that put out a tone-deaf commercial. I, th- I think Pepsi also got a huge amount of Good. Yeah. I, I, they should have. I mean... But, but you got to... I mean, I look at that yeah. commercial as... You're being very protective of Kendall, and there's I nothing am, wrong I with am, that. Because I but can't handle the way we're tearing down these young people for no reason. Of, uh, I think your reaction is particularly large because of your defending Kendall. Because no, you guys didn't watch her cry about it. That's, that's true. So did not. you did not see... The fact that they film and you don't see anything until six months later. So mm. they're filming while she's making the commercial and then the commercial comes out, the backlash happens, and you have no clue. She doesn't make any statements because the show's coming out now and you're going to get the information. So six months later when you see the information and you see that while it's happening and while it's unfolding, she's falling apart. That makes sense. I, I think it's also worth noting that she made the choice. I don't think she gets a pass oh, wait, because she's I, followed I, around by cameras. Hold on. I, I think no, that the fact no. that she makes the choice not to make a public statement in real time because the show will come out in six no, months and said, it's, got, it's got a better story then is She is, said is a something. She said something. But, I mean, you, you saw everything. You, mm-hmm. your, your statement you put out on Twitter is not what you say to your friends when something is happening. You got to see her fall apart before making a statement on Twitter, before mm-hmm. figuring out what to say and how to say it. And you guys don't have that information. That's true. I mean, because we we don't watch it. Right. Okay, so we're past right. our five minutes. We're past Kardashians. Oh, I, yeah. I, listening audience, I have not wanted to bring up the Kardashians on this show for <laughs> seven months. No, I and I'm we, upset about I it. I think we talked about the Kardashians one other time. At least one. I think it was me saying that I don't want to bring up the Kardashians. <laughs> All right, I think we should lightning round the rest. We should uh, because no, it's too oh, much. Oh my god, the last one is my is my worst one. This is my Kardashians. All right, do it. Do your Kardashians. <sighs> it's Hamilton. Oh, shit, I'm right. I'm devastated. There's not enough time to talk about this. I'm devastated about the fact that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it real fast. All right. Uh, That's what I tried. Uh, I am I am a Hamilton super fan, and this breaks my heart into 85 million little pieces. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, one, it's the treatment of women as a muse slash side piece and a whipping post, and the Virgin Madonna complex. Um, Angelica was like really involved into the revolution right up until she met. Uh, Alexander, and then she was like, oh, never mind. I'm out. I love you. Me and Eliza, we're just going to stand over here and tell you how great you are. Uh, that's a fucking problem. And the complete erasure erasure of uh, Sally Hemings. Uh, is, uh, is Jefferson a hero? No, he's not. He's not in that he imprisoned and raped his property and then <laughs> had children and imprisoned them and kept them as slaves. 
Uh, that's a big fucking problem. He's also the bad guy in the show. No, he's okay. Jefferson is not the bad guy in the he's show. He's the bad guy. He's in really the show. not. Aaron Burr is the bad guy in the show. He <laughs> shoots him in the end. Aaron Burr is the bad guy. Jefferson is conspiring against him for the whole show. I apologize. Yeah, but, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, it's so it it fucking it it breaks my heart. And um, but the biggest the biggest problem with this story with Hamilton itself is the idea of. Uh, POCs playing their oppressors. And on one level, it's supposed to be ownership of the story, but on the other level, it completely ignores any of the actual black and brown revolutionaries of the time, any of the, of the of those stories, any of what else is going on outside of the white men. And and that's a problem like that's a problem because it it again makes it makes white revolution acceptable in a time where there was lots of things happening, and it just it bothers me the idea of 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 playing out these stories because it's okay to tell that story as a white man, and it's not okay to tell that story about uh, a black person. And and I never thought about this until you know way way late into my super fandom. Um, my friend Jonea, who embodies all of the right things in life. Uh, she is a social justice warrior in the absolutely unironic, unironic uh, enthusiastic, loving, angry, obsessive, wonderful way that social justice warrior should be uh, talked about as opposed to like, yeah, the yesterday was like, fuck that. Like really serious. I want to change the world to make it a better place for the world. She had this great Facebook post about it. And I was like, oh, fuck, she is right. And this breaks my heart. And I'm real sad about it. Um, so that's about the story itself, the casting, the problematic of the casting. The other side is the out of control ticket prices, taking, <laughs> oh. uh, making it unaccess- unaccessible to well, that's a most whole of the That's people. right. Yeah. That's a whole. Yeah. That's not the show itself, but that uh, is a huge problem. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's pretty problematic. I'm, I'm real sad about it because I love, I love the story. I love the book and I love Lynn at a level that, n- that's really uh, probably uncomfortable for him. Should he <laughs> know too. about it? Uh, Yeah. So that's my Hamilton story. It's problematic. That's a lot of stuff I didn't think about. I mean, it really, I mean, I, I loved the show, saw it once. I haven't listened. I, I don't have that attachment to it. So these are things that I haven't thought about just because I haven't immersed myself in it enough to have those those thoughts. Um, well, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, we're so over time. Like, you know I agree 100,000. Right. Or I, I mean, disagree 110% with you. But I don't know. We don't have to get into it. Like, because you're really emotional about it. And yeah, I don't really me, want to. And I just got I don't, upset. I don't, so think, I don't think any argument I have is going to be of any value to you. So this, this I almost cried. I don't think so it's funny. I don't the, think it's even worth talking this, about. For me, this is the I know it's a problem, but I, I still love it so much that this and might it, be the one that I don't care about. And it hurts I mean, so I a little bit. I think it. All, I, all I'm going to say is that um, it's only two hours long. Like, you can't <laughs> tell the entire story of the revolution, you know? And I think that it needs to get credit for what it was able to accomplish in that time. Like, it very well could have not included all the bits of Eliza and her sister's before she met Hamilton. It didn't need to include that. You could have met one on. song. You could Yeah, but it's a two hour show it's and it's called song. Hamilton. It, no, that's not true because she gets the last song. Eliza gets the last song. And of the it's show. about Hamilton. But that was it's her not legacy. About her. You read the book? I read the book. Her I did legacy not read the book. <laughs> she set her legacy aside so that her legacy yeah, would become she, Hamilton's she got legacy. Therefore by Hamilton. she gets the last word in the show. 
And it's about Hamilton. I have a question. Oh, come is, on. Is, you, what are you talking? The show is called Hamilton. I know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is is the majority of the problem that uh, history? I think that's my other. Point. I do because because I I one I agree with I agree with the um, people of color playing characters that they. That, own, that, put, that potentially own their relatives. Right, exactly. And I, I see how that's problematic, but of course my, thirst, my first process thought process was, good, show me something that's mm-hmm. got everybody in it. I'm so sick and tired of this label and, and color and where you're from, you're, you're fucking human, and it's crap. But it's also not exactly historical. Mm-hmm. It's a loose interpretation of... of of, of history, yeah. uh, but you're. It's you two are hours right. long. Yeah. You are right, it's though. Not on the one hand, pages. you need that. You need to start casting people when it can be done. Yes, you're not going to make, you know, a, a, a movie about any, you know, any a white person and cast a black person. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to do that. But in this instance, you can tell a story using um, representation for everybody in in that image. But in doing so, do you lose the stories? of people of color at that time and what they were doing and do those not get told because I'll be cast a bunch of that's what I a think. bunch of that, li- that's, Latino dudes. So that's it's okay. a problem. Right. Uh, but I also think that this is one of the instances where it's doing more good than yeah, harm. Of I agree. Yeah. No, I, I mean agree. it's it is a two hour show. I think that <laughs> It's a two and a half hour show. Do you want me All to right? sing it? If you okay, we, we do not have two more hours. <laughs> we literally like. I mean, you want to see how that story was told without the acknowledgments that Lynn gave to all of the things in it, such as you know the the the. the you could have told that story it, as it would have been told forty years ago. I'm sure there's a black and white version of that story where Hamilton is. I, a, I think there's actually another play that was on Broadway called 1776. There you go. Oh, which. Yeah. which <laughs> Only has slaves in it mm-hmm. and is a whole bunch of uh, a, a whole bunch of silliness. Like there, there's so much good in that show, and I mean, I don't know. Like I, I don't know Jonea as well as you do. If it was a stranger, I would say something else. Um, if it wasn't Jonea, I, I would have m- much more and, interesting and things to say about. It's that a person. really, really moving but post. That's fine. Yeah, I, just think, but I think I remember it. I think you I know, it. like you, you can scratch the surface on anything mm-hmm. and destroy it first. Oh, for sure. Well, right. This, this has not destroyed. We it for need me, Hamilton right? in the world. Right. Is what I'm saying. This is why I'm frustrated. Yeah. We need Hamilton in the world. You can't have everything for everyone. And if you spend your time trying to make the definitive work about everything, like as a writer. That's how we never finish anything because we're trying Perfection to make the, is the grand enemy of good. Exactly, uh, yeah. they yeah. had to make yeah. Hamilton, and no, it's not perfect. It's pretty great, but it's not perfect. The second act is a little long, but because it it's filled with great songs, it is so important. And to only point out its flaws and to draw like the only reason that you can even make those criticisms is because it got so much right. Oh, for sure. It, when so I, ign- when so I was celebrate doing, the right. right. And I do, aggressively. But now like I the, have this weird right. guilt because this the thing fact. that I love. And what I'm saying is you don't need to have guilt. You do, should not have guilt Do you want me to put my Hamilton socks on and right. dress myself in a poster? I know, I bought them for you I, for Christmas. Yeah. I do, I do want you to um, do that. That's, and that's that's why I think this is falls in for me, the things that I really love and, and I'm willing to give but a it, pass to. But you literally cried reading I know, it makes me really sad. It's It did, it upset me because it affected me. But it doesn't change the fact that I will continue to. Hi. 
Should we take this phone call? Yes. I'm there. Uh, I don't know. I like being the, the only guy. Dude the, uh, <laughs> the dude is calling. The dude is calling. Hi. I don't know that he wants to listen to my Hamilton rant <laughs> twice because I'm sure he listens That's to okay. the podcast. That's okay. We are actively recording. You um, have to value the things that get it as yeah. close to right as you can. <laughs> okay. And oh, for we sure. can't cut them down. <laughs> we can't make other people afraid to have as much inspiration and reach for the stars and be as inclusive as Lynn was able to be. We can't punish people for forgetting one thing or not being able to fit it I, in. I We've got to celebrate the things. That I don't think have. criticism of it is a punishment. Like I said, when I st- when I did this research, there was literally five articles on Hamilton is problematic and 5,000 on Hamilton is the best right. thing that's ever been existed in the world, which made me feel like, yeah, I, I kind of want to make this statement because mm. I like because of how much I love it. But I think it's also important to look at those that kind right. Well, no, it's important You're to look right. at the things we love. Like, listen, mm. if you love a cheeseburger, that's great. But mm. also, that used I, to be it's a cow. also it's that also a, a, a baby uh, right. layered I mean, on its dead mother. You want to be able to look at the things that you love. No, it's true. You want to be able to look at the things you love from with completely open eyes. You don't want to look at them just from the lustful, passionate. I love this yeah. thing perspective you want to be able to see it from as many different perspectives as like possible being in a relationship it's true you 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 you're marry fine. somebody and you know that there are things about them that you're like this could be better but i love you right with your flaws with 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 flaws the crap warts and right. all warts and all i just um, want to i just want to celebrate something that like pissed no, off so many republicans oh, well, oh, like, yeah. i just want yeah. let, let's be honest i have celebrated hamilton <laughs> three or four times a day ever since the first time i heard it and it's like what two Three, years later. And I mean, if we had another hour, I would love to talk about the ticket prices thing because I got too. a lot of thoughts. Me too. On that. I have a lot of thoughts uh, about but, that as well. Um, the ticket prices thing is emblematic of all the problems with mm-hmm. Broadway as a as a genre. Oh yeah. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's <laughs> art for the elite. It's it's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's so um, and Thomas Jefferson is a hundred percent the bad guy of that show. Anyway, I would just like to say that I what I really liked about Hamilton <laughs> was the idea of. American culture and how you're looking at a show that's maybe not talking about something that was inclusive at all when it, and like even understood what American culture was, you know, 200 years ago. But uh, we were able to take what is American culture today and do a show about America's past with everybody, right? With the, the types of music, the types of dance, the way the sets look, the costumes, everything uh, felt very American culture to me today. All I can think is American culture, Disneyland freak show. Like, I cannot stop repeating what? this phrase in my head. What what song is that from? I have no, no idea. idea. American culture, Disneyland but it's freak prophetic show. And then and, something and comes very, out afterwards. Very and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'm looking. It's going to be, you know what? It's going to be fucking Weezer. And we're going to have to do a whole other episode. <laughs> Damn it. Keep running. Um, it might be. All right, let's do, let's do a quick uh, lightning round. Just say the thing. Uh, we will start with Josh. Uh, Christmas is a big problematic thing. Well, That's on my list of things that have, were always problematic, but I just can't not love them. Uh, it's way, it's consumerism to the max. It mm-hmm. is uh, co-opt, it's Christians co-opting pagans, then consumerism co-opting Christians, then Christians getting pissed, but not wanting to let go of it. I just think it's, uh, but I it, I love decorating my I house. I know, I it's fucking love Christmas. It's my favorite thing. It's so bad. I decorate my house. I decorate my cube at work. I decorate everything around. It is my favorite thing in the world. It was from Top an Operation Ivy, Ivy song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Called Artificial Life in the Market. Well, Artificial Life, but yeah, sorry. 
yeah, okay. Christmas. Crack Christmas. 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 Um, oh, you're right, though. Yeah. Weird Science, one of my top, this is my top two favorite John Hughes movies. Uh, uh, it was just on recently. I stopped everything I was doing, watched it again for like the thousandth time. However, it's super rapey. <laughs> and while the, the two main characters may not have uh, built a woman uh, with, <laughs> with uh, the, the naughty, disgusting things in mind, you know who did? The two older kids that they were going to make a girl for. So the point is you're basically making a woman because you want to stick it in something and you can't find one, so you made one, and it's problematic. However, I still want to be Lisa, and I will watch that movie every time it's on until I'm dead. <laughs> that, that movie was the birth of the incel movie. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Incels. <laughs> uh, fast fashion. What is, sure. what is fast fashion is incredible. Depeche Mode, the band. I'm a big fan. Fast what? fashion. What is fast fashion? Uh, Forever 21, H and M. Oh, okay. Discount. Cheap throwaway gotcha. clothes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Clothes yeah. that are bad for the environment. That are made in bad conditions. Uh, spurn, I just looked at my outfit. Spurn materialism. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and waste. Wa- right. Right. Waste. Right. Yep. And people continue to buy crap that's trendy that they can't afford, and it puts them in debt. And constantly comparing yourself to other people and it's bad for your emotional well-being as well. <laughs> uh, well, everything that we, that we do is bad for your emotional for sure. well-being. Um, Michael Jackson, which you See. mentioned earlier. Uh, Michael Jackson's a tough one because, again, he's one of those things that really defined a lot of my taste in music and a lot of my, my musical ability uh, came from Michael Jackson. Um, I also... Michael Jackson is, is a interesting one too where he wasn't actually convicted of anything so he gives you this mental out where you can go like well he wasn't actually convicted you of don't anything. right you don't have to be held to that headline that that exactly. standard uh when i said earlier michael jackson uh kind of taught me my separating the art and the artist uh, that's not entirely true it was the first time that that situation happened uh, i was 10 the first time um but I fully don't believe he did it and I haven't had to separate anything and I still love him and I love his music and every time Man in the Mirror comes out I cry and uh, as a as a dancer kid I I mean when he died my friend Christine hey Christ balls uh, texted good shout out episode it is <laughs> uh, she texted me and all she said was I'm never going to dance with Michael why should I continue why should mm. I keep dancing? Because I will never meet him. I will never dance with him. I will never. And I have goosebumps right now. Like that, that is fucking tragic. That is, and that's all she said. She didn't say Michael Jackson. She just said, I, why, why do I have to keep dancing? I'm never going to get to dance with him. And I got it. And we were 2,000 miles away. <laughs> I had just moved to L.A. And I didn't go to the funeral. And I don't know why. And like, I'm just, it was really, really horrible. So Michael Jackson is, is I see how that's problematic, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah. We went to his star. The that night falls he died under your and dance. I love it so much that I'm willing to. I yeah. I mean, I I truthfully don't believe that that he did it. Yeah, she's so clear. So I she's, she, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it is. But I mean, I didn't talk about Michael Jackson in public for like two, three yeah, years yeah, when I'm I was sure. young because I didn't understand. I knew what had happened. I knew what he was accused of, but I didn't. I didn't know how I how to react to it. Mm-hmm. So I just like didn't talk about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I figured it out and like thought about it for a good long while and came to my conclusion and moved on with life. <laughs> I never really had mm. any uh, opinions on Michael Jackson at all. I was not 
I was not, not that I wasn't a fan, I just wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, it just didn't do anything for me at all, so I got, I got nothing on that one. So, uh, Candace and I are going to do a pop culture show with all the things that we know, and the whole time it's just going to be you going like, yeah, I didn't have that one. No, it's that one. It sounds a lot like this game called Does Nate Know It, which I'll tell you guys about off the air. <laughs> that's a whole other situation. You got a fast one? March Madness. I love mm. March Madness and all college sports. But uh, the kids aren't getting an education. The schools are profiting and not paying them. I know it's so and it's up. it and also there's no money for for the girls. And also all or of coverage. my favorite shows are not being played. <laughs> uh, March Madness breaks my heart because like the first day of March Madness is the best day ever, and I feel guilty the entire time. Wow! Because I know that these kids are actively being exploited mm-hmm. and are not getting any money, despite how much they are raking in for their schools. I know it's crazy, and the limits they are pushing themselves to to hopefully because it's every day you got to put your entire life on the line every single day. So why don't we care? Like why doesn't America? care about March Madness and football. Because we want to be entertained. We just like because we own them. Because we we own them. Just like we own Chris (sighs) Carter and just like we own everything about fandom is probably Funko and just like we own everything else. We own we own the 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 people who play for us because it's friggin' gladiator. <laughs> mentality. I mean, that hasn't changed. Humanity hasn't changed since those times. There's just we less just have more shit. Yeah, we just have more stuff. But like, we're the same. Mm-hmm. Absorb, own, destroy. Sports find as something a substitute new to for war. Culture. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to challenge the explore, or I don't want to convict the exploited. But also, like, there's also a steady run of continually great players for them to, to. Take to, to yeah, play these games. Yeah, there's the so. narrative of yeah. play the sports and change your life. Get out of yeah. get, get out, out of your yes. current situation. Make some money. Buy your mama. Right. Ha- I mean, buy your, your mama a house. Get set up. College. Set up all your friends and family and so on. Right. Which is also problematic because yeah. what percentage gets even even if you do a great at March Madness, what percentage gets from college to twenty five million dollars a yeah, year professional yeah. and not even just professional, but that one percent of the one percent right. that turns out to be Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Right. Who is also problematic. <laughs> it doesn't end. I think what, just the, those what ugly tattoos come to uh. here is that it doesn't everything is problematic. Wait, um, you just said just the ugly tattoos? There's so many more things so wrong with reasons. Kobe. Uh, we're, we're gross. We're the, the, what it boils down to is this is what sentience creates. <laughs> that, that's it. Self-awareness is what you're saying? Uh, no, this, this well, level, we're all just animals, right? We're just an, we just so happen to have our brains have evolved farther than the others, quicker than the others. Uh, and consciousness, then this kind of, of intelligence level and, and sentience level, creates things that we love that are also problematic and everything is horrible and culture is falling apart and we've created this patriarchal word that's filled with crap, so everything we love kind of sucks because it came out of that society and there's nothing we can do about it. White men. <sighs> oh, right, and then, you know, white men. I When, when Josh and I had that conversation recently, I said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty heterosexual i'm very into the d and it's a problem <laughs> like it has gotten to a point in life where it is a problem it's hard it's hard to if you do it right well, sorry well, i had nah, to nah, nah, i'm trying to add some levity that's, that's to the 100 don't worry i'll bring it down when we get to because i said minute. it and i thought <laughs> but I, I didn't i didn't point it out but i get about it yeah, all right let's move on to political minute it's almost 10 o'clock political minute yes oh my god political minute uh so 
I'm not going to talk about the second piece. I'm only going to talk about oh, the first one. Great. I mean, I, I mean, know, I can talk about both, but yeah. I'll try and talk real fast. Yeah. Uh, I left you one Sour Patch Kid because oh, no, I'm a nice person. Oh, well, then I'll eat it. Um, Political Minute is families belong together. Stop family detention rallies on June 30th, which looks like we're all going to here yeah, in Los yes. Angeles. Uh, luckily, they start at 11 o'clock this time instead of the <laughs> ungodly 8 a.m. 8 a.m. and the traffic um, is too much. So, yes, it is a very, very, very big problem that these children are being separated from their parents and put in cages. No, Trump's executive order did not, in fact, resolve this very, very big problem because, one, he's just going to keep families indefinitely. And, two, what are they doing about the 2,000-plus children that have already been removed? And there is no way of bringing them back together because a lot of these kids are pre-verbal or don't speak English and have no identification on them. If they take your wallet from you in jail, you get a receipt. What have they done for these children? Because the answer here is nothing. You see the one kid who's got a 47 written on him? Mm -hmm. There's no way he was the 47th child taken. He might have been the 47th child since they tried to try this new like system of labeling the kids. It's a big fucking problem. These kids have essentially been kidnapped by the U.S. government and are just going to end up in the foster system, and we need to uh, holler about this. And the only even remotely silver lining that I have seen here is that this might be the issue that actually gets people caring. That yeah. I have seen more... Uh, commentary, calls to action, money being raised about this issue than anything else that has happened at any other place up to, you know, Trump taking office or since Trump took office. So that is political minute in terms of activity. I will holler out real quick about Sarah Huckabee Sanders being kicked out of the Red Hen restaurant. The calls for civility can lick my butt. Uh, you know what's not civil? Lying to the American people every single day. Um, calls for violence. If Oh, is that guy being a pain in the ass? Knock the crap out of him. I'll pay your legal fees. You know who's not civil? The, the right. Uh, really, really aggressively. You know what's not civil? Running over protesters with your car and then passing a law making it no longer illegal to run over a protester with your car if you can claim that you were afraid. Go fuck yourself. Um, so the little bit of levity that's going on here is that everybody is like lashing out. Everybody. There is a contingent of people that are lashing out against the Red Hen for this. And they don't understand that not all restaurants that are called the Red Hen are, in fact, the same Red Hen. So all across America, Red Hen restaurants on the Internet are being attacked. And they keep having to be like, nah, it wasn't. I, we're... We're in Florida, guy. And they're like, <laughs> we know you're affiliated. You have the same name. And the, the gentleman who is running the Twitter feed for the Red Hen DC has been very, very patient and kind and polite right up until he stopped being any of those things because he's getting harassed constantly. And there, he's, the people are demanding that the Red Hen in DC like announce mm. their affiliation. And he's like, hey, we're not affiliated with that restaurant. I don't, I don't have any stance here. And they're like, well, we know your name the same thing. And he like breaks his brain and he's like, your name is Ben. Are you affiliated with every other Ben whose name is Ben? Fuck you, Ben. And fuck look at you, Ray. <laughs> he might not have actually said fuck you, Ben. Oh, but, but I hope like, he did. I wish he did. He was, he was like, I've had enough of your shit. Mm. Um, so uh, subtle, subtle differences in restaurants in that even if they have the same name, I bet there's 75 The Griffin bars, are, unaffiliated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, everybody's dumb, real <laughs> dumb. And uh, I can't believe the chutzpah, uh, chutzpah, uh, 
Am I saying Hutzpah? Yeah, I think I said Hutzpah. That's close. I cannot believe that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is still going to restaurants thinking nobody's pissing at her food. Because frankly, I would piss at her food. Um, So yeah, that's my political minute. Uh, There was a great, sorry, there was a great tweet this, uh, um, I think Philip's like, something's like her. He had written the whole talk of civility. He says, the whole talk of civility reminds me of this joke of two men that were tied up in front of a firing squad, a Nazi firing squad. And they said, do you want a blindfold? And one of them says, you can shove that up your ass. And the other guy goes, dude, don't make it worse. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, no, like it's absurd. Like there's... Civility went out the window when Donald Trump mocked a disabled person in a speech and then got the and then sport. still got so yeah got followers I think on that we're televised well moment. Civility. Yeah, no, where and and I made the comment earlier that I feel like civility and tolerance are very being used in the same way. Yeah, I think very different. The thing. the idea of tolerance came out of the Holocaust and the horrible things that happened in Germany and all over the world, but. Uh, it's it's this half-assed, passive-aggressive way of saying, no, you know what? I decided I don't mind that you're on my land. I will. I tolerate flies. I don't accept them in my face. Mm. There's a difference, uh, and it's, it feels like the same thing to me. It feels like civility is the new tolerance, and that's that's not acceptance or whatever you want to say. Well, it's no, the right the liberty. I mean, Martin Luther King used to say uh, that the biggest threat is what was it? Mediocre white people or like middle mm-hmm. like. Uh, Middle of the road white people, nice guys, and, fucking nice guys. You know that's that's what civility uh-huh. is yeah. like. That's it is. this kind of like oh, it's not that bad. I it mean, is that bad. You know, it is actively that bad right now. I, I have to be. I mean, I can't believe that. Knock on wood. I, I I would not call for anybody to be harmed in any situation. Uh, because I'm not the president, um, but I, I really can't. I, I'm, I am shocked. Yeah, I am, you'd actually get in trouble for it, right? Mm-hmm. I am. I am shocked that I'm still shocked that he ran for president. I am still shocked that it happened. I am shocked that he has built this team. And even when they leave, he finds ways to build another team that does that does what he says. And I can't believe all of them are have not been harmed. I'm I'm shocked that so, they haven't snapped some. Very recently. Uh, they caught somebody climbing over the fence who said, God has sent me here to punch Donald Trump in the face. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm on board. Yeah. I questioned God yesterday, but yeah, these but days you know he's what? looking pretty... That's, he's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a good choice. That could send me back to church, yeah. though. Man. Oh, that's that's a little firefly. <laughs> Preacher does in the Bible say something about killing. He says, yeah, but they're a little, uh, little less specific on the case of kneecaps. Yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and kneecaps, that's the end, I think. Oh, also, I, I made a comment that 8 a.m. in L.A. traffic would be too early, and that's not true. I shouldn't have said that. Like, you should go, even if it wasn't 8 a.m., go to the march sure, and I mean, do the we, thing. We've been to I a bunch of, of 8 a.m. marches. Right, right, We have been fair. to a ton uh, of early, cold, yeah. wretched, Where you packed in sweaty, terrified moments. Cold, then sweaty, yeah. the right? Thing. Like, overcast, and then yeah. a thousand degrees, and there's uh, a million people. But and it's worth it. It's, we'll, uh, everyone is worth it. If, if you're in L.A. and you're listening, we will see you on Saturday at the march. Yeah. Come find us. We'll be the ones hooting and hollering about stuff. Hooting and hollering. Oh, I wish we had time to make T-shirts. Oh, we screwed that up. We're not nearly as organized. And oh, prepared I have a I have a green military jacket that I'm gonna just re- draw. I care on the back. So, so you're ready. Color. So yeah. you're set. Yeah. Jennifer set. also has a green military jacket, but she really likes hers. So, so I think we're gonna use tape. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> no, you should use tape. Tape is the way to go. Totally the way to go. Uh, all right. Well, that was a big episode. That was two hours and three minutes, dudes. If you're still sticking around, thank you so very much for listening. Mom. Oh, my God. Josh, thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, do you want to shout out here. where you can be found? I mean, if you're still interwebs? listening, you've Googled me by now. <laughs> you would think, uh, right? I'm on all the things at Josh Brunell, B-U-R-N-E-L-L. Um, follow my Instagram where I post pictures from concerts. <laughs> it's pretty much and Guinnesses I drink and the, the Guinnesses. The many I for a second I was like, did he just spell his name wrong? I had to like look like see it oh, for a minute because yeah. I do that all the time. I, I say my name really quickly, B A R T L T T, and then I feel like I missed something. Anyway, Noodle, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you, can, you can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at either Noodling Around or uh, Nessie Noodle 13. I never remember which is which. Um, but yeah, I'm on both of those. I also run the Indivisibles of Sherman Oaks uh, Twitter feed where most of my political rants have ended up uh, due to making better decisions about my personal life. <laughs> But inst- my Instagram is full of pictures mm-hmm. of my cats and wines that I have drunk. <laughs> cats and there you the go. And, and also my like handsome and beautiful friends, like I'll, you guys. I'll go get some ice for our wines. That was a Fraser <laughs> moment brought to you by Candy. And you can find me all over the internet at Candy Presents. That's Candy with an I. Uh, you can also find copies uh, copies of uh, this this podcast as well as Mulder It's Us and X-Files podcast. You can find that on CandyPresents.com. We will see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.